A game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first, before you move. Style is immensely strong and immune to nearly any weapon. When it's properly used, it's almost invincible. Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Slapple. I'm Benham. I'm JP. <laughs> and I'm Gareth. Good help it, sorry. <laughs> we are the official Slap Fighting Podcast, everyone. That's what we are yep. now. Gotta live with it, Gareth. You gotta rebrand the app. There's no wrestling talk on this podcast anymore. We've got like 27 wrestling stories to get into, but no one cares anymore, mate. Slap Fighting's taken over the world. Any five star matches the weekend? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, you, JP? work rate, work rate wise, I mean, you'd say it was disappointing in mm. places, particularly from Dumpling. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was, there was, I don't know, that main event had, had, had drama to it. Mm. Um, I don't know if you can argue that the women's slap fight was the work rate match off, off the card. <laughs> it certainly was the most problematic one. On there, as the women's can, revolution hasn't in happened in uh, in slap fighting yet, JP. Oh, unfortunately. No. Oh no, 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 no. Um, it's glorious, and I think the thing is, is it hasn't come out on like on any torrent sites or anything else like that. How did watch like, wrestling not have it? What on earth? I know lads are slipping. I know they are slipping. Um. Yeah, we're going straight into the slap fight. I think we are. To be be clear to to all the podcast listeners, we basically just spent the entire pre-show trying not to talk about slap fighting because we wanted to save it for the podcast. Um, If you don't know what we're talking about, there was a uh, was it Russian slap fighting uh, tournament on fight, but it was in Poland. This one in Warsaw on uh, on Saturday. We did mention it last week, didn't we? Um, (laughs) It took place on Saturday, and uh, apparently, uh, John and Wade were talking about it a bit on uh, Rwanda Raw today. USA and JP, and yeah, it's, it's taken over the world. It's it's the sport of the future, is what we found out on Saturday. Maybe it's the it's the sport of being pissed up on a Saturday night on your own in lockdown, and therefore having very limited choices for entertainment and just having a good yeah. time calling it shit on Twitter to the point where you end up going, actually, this is good. But it was still a good night. I had a great time on Saturday. <laughs> I, had a, I had a cracking time. Mm. Um, it was it was fucking glorious. It like, was. I, I, the expectations relatively low, and it mm. delivered. Like uh, uh, there's a particular shout out to the translator. Who, oh yeah, the, I, I mean, who Matt Striker? By the way, Matt Striker was on commentary. Everyone, that, and that didn't even ruin yeah. it for us. <laughs> and Vampiro. And Vampiro. <laughs> and a slap. And a slap fighter. DCH is known as the crazy Hawaiian. Loved him. Who then Loved disappeared him. for a bit, mm. which is the one lad who actually knew anything about slap. Fuck all. Mm. Um. I should say as well, we watched this on Gareth's account and Gareth hasn't had a chance to see it. And when he did try and jump in to see it, I think I, well, you're accusing me, Benno, <laughs> earlier on in the preview, <laughs> uh, being, being kicked out of it. So I feel, I feel bad for Gareth, who I think was, was watching his, his, uh, his in-laws and his wife and children being upset by Everton going out of the A Cup or uh, something like that. I did. Unf- unfortunately, we had the in-laws round watching Everton Man City and I was there. Oh. So it was kind of a bit like houseful duty. So ended up was like, yeah, yeah I can't uh, I can't fuck off and watch the slap fighting in the back room. <laughs> kind of, I'm going to have to uh, put, <laughs> put a bit of effort in here and sit and um, get, my sna- get my snarky comments in for 90 minutes about um, you know, <laughs> Everton, uh, Everton being shit, um, you know, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, unfortunately, Mr. Slapfighting and then when hammered at about like 
you know, multiple cans later at about 11 o'clock when I thought, oh, go on, I'll whack this on now and watch it while I'm pissed. It seems like it was still going and you were watching it live anyway, JP. So I was <laughs> fucking out. Well, I, like, Fuck, I was like, fuck that, I can't get on. So I'll, I'll watch it at later date so i'm watching it right now which sober and <laughs> i feel like that's the wrong while move doing a pod- sober while doing the podcast and not following uh, along with uh, people live on twitter probably not <laughs> the best environment for fight fighting yeah it was basically com it was basically for wrestling fans like eurovision if yes. you could think of it just something kind of like wild mm-hmm. and you do need to be watching it at the time pissed up yes rather than like kind of soberly a couple of days later going these songs aren't very good are you because you're kind of then missing the point of it in some way like and, and that's why i feel bad but like like because it's so it's it's not so you have to kind of be there live for it and i yeah. god on knows i'd love to be there live <laughs> you know if the end of locked if i'm pining for something on like june 21st is like june 22nd slap fighting <laughs> like that Fucking yes, I'm but there. The, even even the commentators were pissed. To be fair, like I say, like that was the biggest shock when I turned. He was I, high. I knew fight. Oh, this is Vampiro. Uh, but I, 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 oh, I was saying Matt Striker. Oh, Matt Striker. Oh, right. Okay. You barely see his fucking eyes by the end, and his camera <laughs> went off a few times. I was like, All right. I know. I know that trick. I know that. I know that trick. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. There wasn't a team. Like I, I put, that was the funny thing about it, Gareth. Like it came on at six, and like Striker and Vampiro in this crazy hawaiian dude but just stalling for 20 minutes did clearly didn't know what was going on they were kind of like we we think the show should have started already but yeah they, they must be setting up so then vampiro and striker had to bullshit about a sport they literally knew nothing about for 25 minutes and then eventually somebody must have got a message to them going oh by the way lads it doesn't start till seven o'clock daylight saving times in effect so it, the the broadcast went off air for like another half an hour and then it came back and they had to kill more time and I'll be honest, like, Matt Stryker's one of the worst wrestling commentators of all time. But the main reason he's one of the worst wrestling commentators of all time is because he just bullshits his way through stuff. And we, as hardcore wrestling fans, know he's bullshitting. For this, though, none of us knew anything about slap fighting. So, you know what? It kind of worked. His skill set kind of fit this, I think, JP. And then you got Vampiro just telling oh, mad yeah. stories about, like, in the... 1300s there were like great warriors who had fights like this and he's trying to like work Krav Maga into it and stuff like that it really it worked as a booth it really was like again I might have just been pissed but it was very entertaining there was it was incredible no you're not you're, you're not wrong there was a point I'm sure he said like slaps do do less harm than guns don't <laughs> yeah, they striker, Which yeah. seems seems like actually yes they do <laughs> They're not nice, yeah. But they certainly do less harm than guns. Like mm. of that, we can rest assured. Um, <laughs> and occasionally, I think they were trying to talk about this as like, like this was UFC one, <laughs> and it was like the genesis of a new sport coming yeah. together. They're watching, and it's like, yeah, this isn't like when you think, all right, we're going to just get various martial artists of forms and put them together and see which one is the most successful. Mm. This is entirely slap based. Mm. So like whatever sport this is, the slap is integral to it. Mm. And for some people that's going to be a sticking point in terms of like it selling for me, it's very much the fucking USP. Mm. Um, the, the, the rules, the judges, that interviewer who zero fucks given, running up and speaking to people like after he got slapped he's like are you going back in there it's like oh i don't know and he's, he's just like 
and she was just like interviewing people for that. It, it stay. It was just gloriously staged. Dumpling was just the best fucking heel. Apparently, the big, with apparently the big star of us. That's the thing, isn't it? JP, they built it around this 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 dumpling bloke we were talking about last week as like this big big Hogan esque figure in the world of slap fight, and he was fucking shit. Like he was just he, he's he, Hogan, he, mate. He was a short <laughs> ass. So so like the whole point of this is they stand over a table. Oh. And slap each other. That's basically the entire sport. And they take turns, and you, you get knockouts and you get drama. And this this fucking I, I keep calling him pancake. This fucking dumpling bloke, like he was too short to reach over the table. So every like I ever bitching about the fucking table, wasn't he? He wouldn't shut up about oh, it. Oh, I compared him to like that I've mentioned on this podcast before. Dragon Soldier B when uh, when New Japan took over Ring of Honor's best of the Super Juniors USA tournaments and Dragon Soldier B just like fluked his way through to the finals and won the whole thing. That's basically what he was in this tournament, like but in what we think is a shoot sport, but I've got some questions about that. But he just like you're right, you're right. He was just Heavy like questions. the biggest heel of the night because he kept winning on technicalities and he kept like, oh that he hit me in the eardrum there. That doesn't count. And he was a proper like just shit bag. Totally comparison chin in. actually. Yeah. Tucking his chin in. Yeah. Tucking his chin in. So mm. you've got less of the cheek to aim for because you're gonna hit it at the shoulder and then just looking up and doing that. And Looking like, like he was gonna cry. F- yeah. Oh, he was by the end. His fucking Zalash was lethal with that aim to his uh, <laughs> to his cheek. Yeah, Zalash being the, the big baby face, wasn't he, on the other side? He was the one uh, wrestling Twitter yeah. was cheering for. Who he looked about fifty, and like you know the the lost Mitchell brother. But we were reliably informed he was actually thirty. Um, that was the other thing about this tournament, wasn't it, JP? That like everyone in it looked like someone you wouldn't want to know what their political affiliations were or, or what their opinion is on literally anything. It was just bald. Stocky, moody, like Polish and Russian dudes. Like there weren't any baby faces in this. No, there was. There was um Goldberg. I enjoyed him. Oh yeah, that guy. Uh, I like that guy. He was there. Valus. The Walrus. People like the Walrus. Yeah. The, the yes. Walrus. I mean, he took like. I mean, he was a great like upper mid card tough baby face. Mm. Like, I mean, you'd have to get through him. He's basically the. You know, he would definitely be blading. Like in in wrestling terms, all of the time, but like he was good, and he's got that kind of charisma to him as well. Mm. And he was up against Dump- at that point. Like I mean, just yeah, Dumpling. He turned it up in the final, though, didn't he? It was I'm all the watching way. the final now. I've, I've oh, just yeah. forwarded. <laughs> just bear in mind Garrett this has all been built up so yeah he's cheated his way through to the finals he's not he's not deserving at all he's come with all this hype he's not lived up for it and you know what he turns it on in that main event which again makes you think I think I thought James he said is it a work is it a work shoot is it a shoot (laughs) it did give me some doubts to be honest that he he just magically yeah yeah it's fixed (laughs) I think we should be absolutely adamant on that although there was a lot of times for total bet look I'm not going to make any assumptions about, mm. like, I think you can rig slap fighting. I'll put it that way. And if you're able to bet on it, then people will try to rig it. These lads, like, I mean, I, I don't want to say they're corruptible. I'm making some deep fucking assumptions about each and every one of them. Hey, you could bet but on it, JP. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Must, must be standard. Total bet. Can't believe yeah, the no, odds are like, piling on. I was watching it with it. Yeah, yeah, no, we were talking they were talking about the odds. They were just doing like the immediate translation mm. um for it as well. That was, yeah. Glorious stuff. Watching <laughs> it with the two Chris's as well, Wilson and Lene. It was just glorious, glorious stuff. Then Liam jumped in, Everyone- you jumped in there for a bit. 
everyone in it as well looks like Crystal and I. Like it's like just the tournaments of Crystal and I. Yeah. To be honest, I, I was just going to say the final year, just as I flicked to the final year, I was thinking Crystal and I's doing all right here. So far. <laughs> he doesn't. Chris is in much better shape than some of those lads. Like, mm. which is the other thing. If you're going to complain about the table, right? Mm. It's a bit like a dance player complaining about their balance of the hockey. That's kind of on you. Mm. That's a you thing to sort out here. Mm. And some of these lads, they were complaining about the reach because of the bellies. They're in control of that, mm. aren't they? Not the tor- tournament organisers. And by the way, Dumplin had no complaints about the table in the final, did he? <laughs> you know, but I kind of made it. Mm. We needed a heel for the night and that fucker played heel. Um, mm. Yeah, was there was some wrestling. good booking with that. It felt like WrestleMania. The rap. It felt like the Wrestle- rap battle. That's what I was gonna say. We got like we got we got we got our divas match. We got our big main event. We got a rap battle like a musical interlude, which was fucking hilarious. Because like, bear in mind, Gareth is like this English translator. JP mentioned before working the night, and Striker and Vampiro don't seem to be aware that we can actually hear this English translator. So anytime someone's talking in Polish, this translator talks, and then Striker just repeats everything he says. Like, and then eventually, I tweeted Vampiro going, "Hey, we tell we tell you, mate, Matthew, we can all hear him, you know." And then all of a sudden, they both just stopped. And, oh. Sorry, we've just been informed that you can actually hear the translator. We'll uh, <laughs> sorry, we're sorry about that. We didn't realise. And then this translator you put in fucking overtime. They stopped, didn't they, JP, to do a musical interlude with these two yeah. presumably Polish rappers who were quite problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was typical rap battle. Everyone's everyone's gay. Everyone's mum's a slag. That type of stuff. But like, the reason I know that is the translator was live translating the rap battle, and he was. Fucking incredible! Like he was, he was right to you know. There was no delay, was there? It was like yeah. this was above Chris Charlton levels translation. He was, he was on it, and he was like, "Yes, and and your mother is a slag." And it was just like fucking amazing. It was the same tone of voice yeah. as if he was doing translations at the UN. You are a like, homosexual, <laughs> which shouldn't be funny, but like, like coming from the translator, it was like fucking Ali's dealing oh, with some problematic material. It, it was. It was just mental. Mm. And we haven't even gotten to the women's match. Which, uh, <laughs> which is mean, like the buffer, of wow. course. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. buffer, the work rate match, I think mm. I, I labelled it as. Um, between two uh, social media influencers mm. from, from Poland <laughs> who who had, the, who had the slap fight mm. and then just started snogging. Um, like afterwards and to which yep and i was like didn't get this with what year is this like seriously um and then vampiro asked them to replay it which i think they did replay it didn't they afterwards as well (laughs) yeah why wasn't why wasn't dumpling and and zalas having a snog afterwards jp i think that seems fair that'd have been awesome like you know (laughs) Just, just what I would have done, just in terms of breaking your entire kind of view of the evening, if that mm. happened, mm. like if Zales and Dumpling just, just mass, like proper tongues in, <laughs> you'd be like, Jesus, this slap fighting world is fucking mental. What's going on here? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, 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 that I, didn't I, happen, Gareth. <laughs> Sorry to ruin the main event. I was going to say spoilers, JP. Oh, <laughs> so I was on the cards. Well, you got to wait. Bear, bear in mind as well, Gareth. Is this was like hour six or whatever? <laughs> like this main event, like it was proper WrestleMania stuff. Like there was a point, oh. was the JP? I was having a. I, I went in thinking this is going to be terrible, but it'd be funny. 
Then I kind of got a little bit invested into it. Then I got really invested into the characters, which is, you know, true of anything. Then, like, I think I'd had enough drinks that I was genuinely enjoying Striker and Vampiro bullshitting the way through it and Vampiro getting allegedly progressively more high throughout the night. But yeah, then by the end, it was like, oh, come on, lads, let's get to the, let's get to the main event. It's not WrestleMania, yeah. But they do pull it back. They do pull it back. And it is. it was in the end where I felt like... We got your money's worth, is probably what I'd say. Garrett, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my money's worth. I didn't get my money's worth. Got yours, though. <laughs> <laughs> Are we selling it to yeah, you I'm just all? watching the final. Yeah, I'm just watching the final now, and it's just, even though I can't hear it or anything like that, it does definitely have a more epic feel than what's mm-hmm. gone before, I must admit, of the of the four or five that Maybe I do feel like I'm uh, watching, watching the... Uh, watching, Watching the the main event, main event lads here is a definitely a definitely a bit of a tension. There's a bit of a, a bit of tension in the room here that's uh, mm. cutting through Special my uh, tension. My Very much the Abushian Sonata of Slap Strike, which <laughs> well, I'm confused that's not by. Now you've no. spoiled that, so I know oh, that's right. not happening now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I go Hogan Warrior but, political views and all. To be honest, like that, that that's where oh. I start. <laughs> Like <laughs> yeah somebody said there was a literal we were joking someone said there was a literal nazi in this tournament i don't know who it was but um yeah i i, I joked on twitter yeah. but genuinely like there's never been a sport i've wanted to know less what the people involved political views are than wrestling before i watched this um that is yeah. an issue um there was some moody looking fellas <laughs> I was going to say, based on what I've seen so far, I'd have been surprised if um, if one of them wasn't. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is an issue. Um, but yeah, it including was... the referees. <laughs> Those referees are bent as well. well it 100%, was hundred yeah, percent. It was a lad, lad with glasses and a good-looking one. Mm. Um, and one of them, I don't know. I think the lad with glasses, you just couldn't trust him. Mm. Like, really, I've got no evidence again, again to suggest why you wouldn't trust him. Mm. But like, he was. Yeah, he was a he, he. He was to quote Benno. He was a, he was a bit of a moody looking fucker, mm. and he always seemed to be like dump, when Dumpling started to get those technical ones of oh he hit me on the ear, mm. and there were little things like the little movements as well. Those little movements away they'd get punished for and shit like that. Hey, apparently, he dump- drives the school bus. That's what someone just said in the chat. Yeah, Dumpling drives the school bus. Apparently, in his real life, see, we're judging these lads by a cover. Like a lovely fellow. Mate, it's probably fucking strapped a load of guns to the bottom of the bus to then flog on the way to whichever comp to whichever buyer will take them first, along with some illegal plutonium. Um, yeah. Well, speed speed five speed five with dumpling. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, <laughs> There's money in that. He's, uh, the Bockwinkleest. Mm. The breakout stars waiting to happen, though, aren't they? I feel like as uh, yeah. as our mate Striker and Vampiros kept saying through the night, you know, there was a this is a young sport, you know, the the crazy Hawaiians trying to uh, bring it over proper to American pay per view, you know. This we're in on the ground level here. It felt like 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 someone said in the chat, it was a real roller coaster Saturday night. I think we were all, we all felt we were all in it together at the ground level of this burgeoned sport. And you know, come mm. slap. I think this was like Slap Fight Three or something like that. But it's kind of the original. Four. This is the WrestleMania Three, a Slap Fight. I think um, we're, we're all going to be we're all going to be there for, for Mania Four. Um, we're all going to be uh, yeah. I think we'll all be back on it as long as we're still in lockdown. Probably we're all still going to be there on a Saturday night having a few drinks and watching it. <laughs> it was it was WrestleMania Three, and the rap battle lads were Alice Cooper coming out with Jake <laughs> Roberts. Um, but there there was oh, what was I going to say? Um, 
just oh, I was trying to think of the um, no. Come back to me in a second. Completely lost it on that. I had a brilliant point about slap fight. No, that was it. Do you know where it could <laughs> pick off? Slap fight, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Celebrity slap fighting. Yes. Don't do any of that training for boxing and yes. stuff like that. Mm. It is the easiest way to sort out kind of feuds. Mm. And it seems kind of silly at the same time. Mm. So, like, on a celebrity level, there's something on this. By the way, I'm trademarking this, if anyone else Colleen, is Colleen and Rebecca Bardi. Oh, there's money in that. Imagine how much that yeah. fucking... 20 million viewers that on a Saturday night on imagine, ITV. Imagine the video before. Don't have punch. Dot, 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 it's Rebecca yeah. Bardi. Oh, oh yeah. that'd be so good. <laughs> imagine how many people from TOWIE and... Um, like um, Geordie Shaw are willing to fucking slap himself stupid for like for the <laughs> sake of celebrity slap fight. ITV you, you, you can have celebrities against the ge- celebrities against the general public as well. Think how many celebrities you'd love to just give a good fucking slap in the face to as well. You could like oh. you could get like normal people involved. Yeah. You, I tell you what, JP, Piers you be fucking get, get on the blower. <laughs> Someone in the chat mentioned Razor for a program. <laughs> yeah, it would just be like... Do you know what you can do? You need a table and some big lads to do this on a local level as well. <laughs> it seems borderline illegal. You'd want to host it in a barn or something like that to give it a real fucking underground edge. Somebody said host a bike. But player. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I would have sold the idea, just commercialised it and not cared, having exploited slap fighting for my own nefarious ends. I'd totally do it, yeah. V- Vinnie Jones, Gaza. I feel, I feel like you could, go, you could go this celebrity route and have, like, you know, get, get all the hard men in, get the Xboxers in, you know, the lads who, uh, who can't box anymore, but they can still throw her a, a good right hand. I definitely yeah. feel like there's money in this coming off. <laughs> Ricky and Michael R- Richards, that could work. Oh, Micka Richards would laugh him off. I feel he he would just take it and Roy would just get more angrier about it as well. It'd be glorious. Wouldn't you want to see it though? Mm. And there's no they don't you don't have to even no training. Mm. Really, unless you want to work like on massive weights and slapping technique and whatever hand you have. Yeah. Sorry, we're onto something. We just, just this podcast has now become <laughs> the genesis now of something I want to go away and do. Slapple, mate. It's real. I was going to say, I'm just going to be lying in bed now till about 4 a.m. thinking about celebrity combinations <laughs> now that you could possibly have. You've just, you've just come up with the greatest idea of all time. Nobody nick our idea, everyone. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll do that. We'll put our own on. This one, I, you know, I had a few beers, I had some Polish dumplings. If it was a it was a good good night. I watched this, then I watched Raekwon and Ghostface do like a rap battle on uh, on Versus on Instagram as well afterwards. It was one of the best nights I've had in lockdown so far. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it was a shame Raekwon and Ghostface weren't having a slap fight, but it was still a wonderful night. It worked out. They didn't slap, though. Hmm. That's the issue. That's what you're missing, you see, as part of the battle rap. I mean, if you're doing the the um, chess boxing thing... Mm, there you go. Then There's the it, Wu-Tang it, tie-in. That works. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you've got that, like... But if you've got the chess boxing, you know, as we were talking about in the pre-show, weren't we? I mean, like, that's... Mm. Which is mental. Mm. Like, it's the first time I've ever heard of this. Chess boxing. But, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> round the chess. Like, so, and, and then around the box and round the chess, round the box. Yeah, but here, here you just do minute... <laughs> Minute each, battle rap, mm. three minutes fucking fighting as well. Mm. You're backing it up, aren't you? There you go. There you go. So, yeah, sports of the future. <laughs> I don't know if we quite sold you on it, Gareth. Is it definitely not as good watching it now sober on a Monday night? I am. I'm guessing. <laughs> it's, 
I was going to say, yeah, so, sober with no commentary, <laughs> yeah, while recording a podcast. Definitely, uh, definitely not hitting the mark the same. Uh, but um, I must admit, I am enjoying this main event more so than the first three or four that I uh, first three or four I was watching. I was, I was like, this is a bit dull, really. I thought, am I going to come on and be like the slap fight downer here and just like you know, I was thinking, should I, should I just play total contrarian here and just uh, uh, bring down Slapple? But uh, no, I don't know. This uh, this main event, so I'm quite hooked here. You've as you may have noticed, I've been paying more attention to what's going on, <laughs> on my other screen here rather than what you lads have been talking about. Just give up on this wrestling shit. It's going nowhere. It's Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, there's a lot of com- companies that are creatively bankru- bankrupt. Now, back to the slap fighting. Yeah, just- <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone in the chat mentioned uh, Soldier Boy and Randy Orton. There you go. That could be the other first slap fight <laughs> wrestling crossover again. Lot, lots of money left on the table, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you to check in with us, Gareth, and let us know how the the drama's going. But they did they they saved that drama for that main event. It was proper pro wrestling. I'm not telling anyone to go out and watch the VOD. You probably the magic is probably gone now. Next time there's a live one, though, you know, join us in killing everyone's timeline on, <laughs> on a Saturday night, and we'll uh, we'll yes. all watch it together. We'll maybe we'll do that live uh, grapple happy hour next time. There's a there's one running uh, next time uh, when Pancake comes back for Pancake when uh, Dumpling comes back for his revenge <laughs> versus Walter maybe there you go Walter could be the uh, the big Austrian baby face that's a that's a good Bob Sapp <laughs> or Bob Slap as he, as he would be I think he'd be awesome at it wouldn't he and there's the title for the podcast um, <laughs> uh, but moving on while, uh, while Gareth does finish uh, watching the uh, the slap fight at JP uh, should mention uh, <laughs> I've been up to anything else anything else going on before we get it I was going to go into the plugs for the Patreon but you know did you do anything else other yeah. than watch slap fighting this week all good uh no not really just sort of like intense work building up to taking a break over easter well i say taking a break Mm. to where we'll be doing tons and tons and tons and tons of coverage on wrestlemania Mm. all over the patreon that week Mm. um in the meantime we are doing our uh we're doing a wrestlemania poll which the patrons will pick which WrestleMania we're going to do for a flashback episode mm-hmm. as well. We've uh, obviously, if you haven't heard it as well, we have the uh, Muhammad Hassan episode of Deep Cut, which was which was really good. Mm. Um, if I do say so myself, that was that arrogant. Nice on the back. Um, no, exactly, going crazy. And you hosted it, so yeah. Um, did a bang up job uh, as well. It was a good discussion. He did absolutely. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then we've had our daily updates, mm. um, including the one we had for um, St. Patrick's Day as well, where um, I appear to channel my father <laughs> and, and in, in his voice and and did, did that for five minutes. So, yeah, if my dad was really a hardcore wrestling fan and wanting to know what was going on at Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary, well, here was me. Here was a way of me finding out. <laughs> and then sharing that content with everyone else. Mm. Yeah. And like I say as well, we're going to have tons and tons of content over the WrestleMania period as well. That's it. Yeah. And we'll have our uh, our next live uh, Grapple Happy Hour this Saturday as well. Uh, we'll confirm the, uh, the mm. time with our, with our patrons uh, later on. But yeah, that's coming up Saturday as well. So yeah, plenty uh, to get your teeth into. And uh, like you said, JP, uh, April's going to be a... Uh, ridiculous month um you know never mind wrestlemania weekend jp we were told reliably in the chat there's an all japan show on that on wrestlemania weekend too as well as nxt uk now so you know just adding just adding shows for us to watch all you need to do is put slap slap wars four on and we're uh <laughs> we're in business well yeah as they should be <laughs> you just get fucking 
That rematch in Moscow, that's what we're waiting on. That's it. Grapple Lads on tour. We were talking about it last week, actually, about doing the European tour. That's the one. We'll all go. We'll probably all get into fights like I was talking about last week. But We said we get a Bulgaria someday. <laughs> Any lovers in Bulgaria, mate, chop the top of them charts. They do. Yeah. It's not all Miro. Yeah, so yeah, put plenty uh, for people to uh, to sink their teeth into there and look forward to. Um, I do want to say, actually, yeah, on that Hassan, uh, Muhammad Hassan podcast, it was genuinely like, I-, I found it so fascinating to go back to that period. Mm. Like, I think it-, it was a story, obviously, I knew from living through it, but like just getting to, you know, read up a little bit on the man himself and, you know, hear a bit of the background and, you know, what happened before and what happened after with him. It was genuinely like a really fascinating story. Um, it made me laugh because at the time we were kind of trying to think of like, what are the worst things WWE have ever done? And it's up there, isn't it? But, you know, there's also plenty of competition. Mm. Uh, we were saying off air, uh, yeah, prob- probably all the Saudi Arabia stuff the last couple of years, probably worse, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty close. It's up there as if it's not the uh, the worst thing uh, WWE have ever done. Storyline-wise, mm. you're trying to think of which storylines have they done which is in worse taste than this. Mm. That's, carry- that's covering some fucking ground there. Mm. Like, think of the deaths that they have exploited. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking of five off the top of my fucking head, which is just obscene. But um, I think it was just interesting looking at him, uh, like Mark Capani, mm-hmm. and how he managed to kind of try and handle it and the stuff that was. And that environment in WWE at that point in time mm-hmm. feels like it was incredibly toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, led by. That's when the arsehole brigade, brigade of Bradshaw and Bob Holly were in their fucking pomp, weren't they? Mm-hmm. That's in the shitbags. Mm. because they've got fuck all talent yeah so it was, it was, it was the era of like the horrible political locker room wasn't it uh, it was just a sounds like it just all altogether bad place to be but again like, someone in the chat's mentioned Katie Vick as a potentially worse storyline uh, uh, I don't think it's up there with the, with this one uh, but again yeah it was genuinely interesting wasn't it Gareth and like I, I'll say as well for, probably for me and Gareth you know hearing because uh, the serious part of that story is that you know the 7-7 seven, seven bombings as well isn't it and that led to him leading and it was genuinely interesting to hear your you know take on that JP being someone who, who lived in uh, mm. London at the time as well, I definitely say. Uh, I think I learned a little something there as well, Gareth. Yeah, I think it was. I think just obviously, you know, we sort of chatted and interwove kind of what was happening in our lives as well. And obviously, mm. JP having that, you know, that very, you know, that very close to it kind of like London, London view on it and everything that was going on with you that week and things, JP. It was just fascinating because, yeah, I think the the way even that was presented differently probably within the country, even if you put like a you know, almost like take the wrestling aside and just look at the uh, look at it from a from a different point of view, um, just purely on a social and political level and things like that. It was uh, it was mm. it was pretty fascinating. But yeah, like you say, once you sort sort of like dig into it and then you think what was um, the evolution of that character and storyline in that eight month period and what they were probably going to try and do and then the things that they were exploiting and utilizing and then the, you know, the extremes that they were going to at the end as well. And you think like, God, what a fascinating little kind of snapshot of WWE history and a sort of fascinating mm. snapshot of what goes on inside Vince McMahon's brain when he, um, you know, can latch onto something and try and make a exploit it and make a bit of money off the back of it as well and, and mm. things like that. So yeah, I'd totally uh, recommend. Um, yeah, if you if you're not a patron, it's uh, certainly uh, certainly one of the shows we're pretty proud of for you to go mm. away and, and listen to. So if you, if you are a patron in the future, yeah, definitely uh, go back and listen to that one. 
Definitely, definitely. And uh, just been noted, JP, apparently WrestleMania weekend, it's, uh, there's three All Japan Champion Carnival shows over that weekend. So, fuck's yeah. sakes. So, daily updates, gonna have a great time. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in uh, moving on into uh, today's wrestling stuff to talk to, and yeah, apart from all the slap fighting, we do have some uh, legitimate wrestling. Is, is the fight finished yet, Gareth? Have you uh, have you gotten to the, uh, the end? Yeah, yeah. He didn't have fucking catch him, didn't he, with that last one? <laughs> like yeah. it, it's sort of where it's sort of like it gone, and he almost like faked it because of the way he ducked his head, and then he fucking saw his legs go. Oh, it's a beautiful. Moment. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. If you don't know, what talking about everyone, there's that. gifts. There's gifts all over my Twitter. Um, hashtags. Hashtag slap fight on uh, on. It was worth it. It was worth waiting for that big moment where the nat where the horrible heel got it got taught a lesson. It was uh, pure pro wrestling, <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah, on some. Um on some uh, wrestling uh, news, I suppose, if we have to talk wrestling, JP, uh, before we do get into our, mm. our reviews today, uh, me and you did the other uh, weekend preview on Friday and talked a little bit about this on mm-hmm. Andrade's story. Kind of thought it was a bit dead in the water because his, uh, his WWE uh, release had not been granted. Um, and then today, it is broken. Um, I think the Observer had it first, but it's been recorded by Fightful um, and by PW Insider as well. Uh, Andrade, and I was about to say the artist formerly known as Andrade, and that's not actually true either. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, has been released by WWE. He's been granted this release. Uh, and there's a couple of interesting notes on it that one... Like I say, um, I thought it was interesting. I think it was Fightful that noted that. Andrade is one of his... I think he's got multiple middle names, but it is his real name. So he can come out and he can be Andrade on the indies. Although, you know, La Sombra's got a a fair amount of uh, cachet with it too. But also, no non-compete. So... Don't know what's happened there. There's been a bit of rumor mongering on Twitter. I think the the source wasn't very good. I think it was like a four chan board or something. But I did see somebody from um, what's yeah, from it? the creators of QAnon. Come <laughs> yeah, <to> this rumor. <laughs> no, what was it? Fight. What's the what's the one here? Garrett uh, from Observer runs fight something. I'm on the I'm on the Facebook group. I should know this. Um, whatever it's whatever his website is. They one of their reports. Fight game was, media. Fight game. One of their reporters was talking about it on Twitter as well. That allegedly Charlotte. Um, threw a weight behind it and managed to, to get him released. Um, again, we haven't had a reputable, a fully reputable source on that, so we don't know if that's true. But something's gone on, you know. I've seen people, you know, half make light of it, half seriously go, "I wonder what uh, what what Andrade's got on WWE." You know, what's the reason that looks like? Yeah, go ahead, you can go. Um, what's what's happened to him backstage? What what has someone said to him at some point that's that's led to this? Um, odd one though. Like I said, we weren't expecting at all um for this release to be coming after they got uh, denied at raw but yeah big turnaround free like i say no non-compete don't think it's where he's going he could theoretically turn up on dynamite on wednesday that's the the extent of of you know what's happened here but yeah crazy story ajp eh, compared to uh, the turnaround to, to when we were talking about this last yeah it really is i mean and we were kind of like obviously speculating with this and it was one of the, th- the things we said but well are they going to grant the release mm. We both suggested that if it's not worth pissing off Charlotte, and that clearly is the case here, where it, it's the thing that actually makes the most sense of all is that she wasn't going, she she was going to basically flex her muscle hmm. in this case about what, what she can do, and I think, yeah, I mean, there's there's various kind of rumours as to to why and what happened, but hmm. he's better off out of there. Hmm. The fact he's got under our day, the fact he. I mean, this never happens. 
that's like the real kind of surprise for it. And he can turn up anywhere. Hmm. I mean, I imagine he's just going to be on social media laying lots of fucking hints and everything else on there. I mean, really? And it's just come up in the chat now. Would you have him turn up on Dynamite so soon after Christian um, uh, Ethan Page? Big show. If I was him, you'd be, you would be kind of almost like biding your time, which isn't what people want to hear. But like he's oh, got. No, I, the I rest want Monday of Night Wars, mate. I, I want like him just literally to turn. You want him on AEW on Wednesday. I, I want Rick Rude, mate. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want Lex Luger. In I'm fact, that's probably the better comparison, isn't it? I want Lex Luger. And it, it, but overall, this is fantastic because we're talking of someone who's a world class performer in their prime. Totally can wrestle multiple styles. Mm. Has got. A name and contacts, obviously in Mexico, but in Japan as well, like within Lij and Naito. The fact where, if you're asking me where I think he was gonna, he's gonna end up. The places I'd imagine he'd be wanting to do is a bit of New Japan, Ring of Honor, and then selecting whichever indies he can go to. I think the issue is with AEW is they'll want him under a contract, and I think there's the point of would he want to be under another contract again? when he can basically completely call the shots on a lot of these appearances and where he can go. Mm. So it, of the places I think he'll end up ultimately, I think that's where, I mean, but then he could turn up on Wednesday, go like mm. God knows. Um, it's kind of crazy. Even it's just a one-off to piss off Vince, which is a, like a kind of very Eric Bischoff move if they did that. Mm. No, I, I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't want to see him in AW at all. Like oh, with just- the new faces that have come in recently and with, um, yeah, I think with storylines being as tied up as they are in, in, in certain ways currently, I think there's more value in him coming in at a later date. And like, I really, really just feel like New Japan's just junior division just needs a fucking shot in the arm at the minute and just needs a, needs a you know bigger name to come in there, somebody to do something a, a, a bit different. And I'd just love to see him back in, back in New Japan and just sort of shaking things up from that point of view, I think, especially with Hiromu being out of the game there and with some of the people who've stepped up out of the junior division in the last couple of years. I just think there's a gaping hole there. There's some very sort of like stale matchups within the division and things like that. I think it's almost like ripe for me for him to go over there you know, have a good run in in that division. And then when Hiromu comes back, you, you've almost got some kind of, you know, you've got some LIJ thing going on there potentially within the within the junior division as well. And it sort of opens the door for um, I don't know, something interesting to 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 go on from like a, a few perspectives with those guys. And then in two, a year, two years, whatever it is, kind of thing, then you know, the doors open there for him to to make that jump and, you know, jump to jump to AW at that time. But it just feels to me at the minute is like another face showing up again on WWE on AW TV straight out of WWE again. It just I don't know. It just it, it, it just compounds that thing that we were talking about last week of it. I don't want this to be the impact zone. I don't want it to be another guy gets released from WWE or or is picked up from there. I don't care how good they are, like as a as a wrestler. I just don't want this to just become the place up. And it's another one, it's another one. And then you kind of move further away from that vibe that AEW's created about the 
you know, these young guys getting a chance and the next generation and it being a bit different and it turning on your TV and seeing some different faces, getting different opportunities and things like that. I'd rather see him come back as a, um, you know, a bit further down the line with a, with a, a bit more under his belt from a, from a new Japan run. But I mean, yeah, I mean either way, it, it, I would say, like, on the New Japan front, I don't think he'd be a junior because he was, like, the Intercontinental Champion before in New Japan. He, he was a junior, like, in the early 2010s, but I think he... I don't think he ever officially graduated, but, like, I remember him being in, like, New Japan Cups and the like, and, like I say, I think he beat Nakamura for the IC mm. title. Um, I, I think, I think mm. I'd, I'd, I'd have him higher up the card. I mean, I, I can see that argument, but I'd have him higher up the card if he was in New Japan. But, yeah, the on the AEW point, I think that... That does make me sad though, because that's that's exactly what we were saying last week. Like, I, I, I think, but when people say there's no issue with bringing in Christian, there's no issue with bringing in Big Show, there isn't. And then someone like Andrade comes available, and I don't think you're wrong at all, Gareth. I think you're absolutely right. It now it, it's now bad optics to bring in another ex WWE guy and make and, and you know immediately, mm-hmm. you know, have him on your TV or give him a push or whatever. That's why you don't do that. That's why you don't take up spaces with you know an aging Christian or you know Big Show. Yeah. Even as a commentator, you know it's still like you say bad optics. Not long ago, Miro came. In. that was a name we didn't mention last week that's what's really frustrating i think where i'm where i maybe differ a little bit is i'd probably still make the call i think maybe just because i just think he's got such a high ceiling i think i'd just take that i kind of go you know and it's gonna hurt but it's our own fault we shouldn't have brought in kids i made the joke on twitter you know we could dock 80 percent of christian and big show's wages and give it to andrade that's what i'd do if i was tony khan but again if i was tony khan i wouldn't have brought them in in the first place so i suppose mm. you've got to you know deal with the cards that you've got now but the other thing is i think the other reason i think you're probably right guys is that realistically even if you look at twitter and who he follows and who he interacts with it's all his mates it's 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 rush and it's naito and it's you know new japan guys because he was a new japan guy well to a point you know with the cmll relationship mm. he was a new japan guy so it seems almost certainly you know that's where he's ending up that and ring of honor if that relationship still exists, you know, and obviously, you know, Roosh has got that stable, hasn't he, JP, in, in ROH? Uh, I don't know, is it the one? It's, with, um, yeah, La Fasion in Gobernabla. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that seems the most logical choice, does it not? It, it, it does. It seems like the one that I would imagine him going to. I mean, I wondered whether or not they'd do an AJ Styles mm. and just sort of put him in there big, put him straight into a program with like a Bushi. If they were going to do something like that, if they were going to bring him in, because I think they just, it would be very left field of them to do it mm-hmm. now at this point, because we're going to talk a lot about sort of the some of the problems with New Japan booking and the, and the like. Mm. And this is, for me, like this is the kind of idea where you can bring him in, you can bring him in in his mask. You've got the video of him being Intercontinental Champion. It kind of that everything fits too nicely. Once you get the CMLL footage as well, which obviously that they'll be able to, you know, be able to use this. And, and I kind of like the idea that he goes to New Japan, has a really good run, and kind of gives them a good, credible mm. um, gaijin that they can go with for a bit right at the top of the card who who it's all fresh matchups kind of across the board really because the one matchup that they kind of really did with him in singles is against Nakamura who isn't there anymore mm-hmm. so like there's a lot of really fresh stuff that you can obviously do with him mm-hmm. if you're putting him in LIJ you've yeah you've then got all that sort of intra LIJ stuff as well it's probably as good a reason to get Dragon Lee back in there as well so it just immediately makes LIJ Freshens interesting 
Mm. Yeah, it does. And Gareth, you you were saying this before about like, I mean, you're going to have those kind of like, I, I mean, it's going to be difficult getting Kenny King into like some sort of main event <laughs> New Japan storyline. But Hang on. fuck it, here we are. <laughs> we're fantasy um, booking yeah. Kenny King, are we? <laughs> we are. We are. We are fantasy booking it. For it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just a lot more. I, I think if you can do that, and then you're going into an AEW on the back of that run, which would just then remind. I know it sounds terrible. There's a point, I think, as well, where you do need to try and remind the audience about why this person has spoken about so highly. And I think he's more likely to be able to display that straight away in kind of New Japan. Mm. And yeah, like- he's, he's only a young lad, though, as well, isn't he? Still, like he's yeah. 31 years old, so he's got so young much fucking. He's got, you know, he's got, <laughs> he's got so much future ahead, like ahead of him. There, he's, he can spend two years, three years now, you know, doing different shit, and then when he, you know, he comes in, he's still going to be, you know, he's, he's still just going to be entering his prime, really, as a as a wrestler as well, sort of thing. So I think. Um, yeah, I'd I'd be of the view of yeah, don't rush it. Like keep it in your back pocket. It's a it's a it's a big card that you can play in the future, especially once you see how um, you know things go. You know, following on from this, if he does work, you know, elsewhere, be it Ring of Honor or New Japan or both or or, or whatever it does, you know, clearly um, clearly is someone that you can pick up in in the future. And I think it's always better. You know, it always feels bigger when you bring somebody in who's. Mm you know, at the top of the game and they feel like they've got a bit of buzz and a bit of fire about them and things like that. And I don't think he's left WWE is the right buzz that I'd be wanting to bring bring him in on now. I'd, I'd want him to be to be bringing him on the buzz of the back of his been having fucking killer matches with somebody, you know, some, somewhere. And, and, and that's, um, that's what I'd be thinking. This is the thing, because I'm so disengaged with WWE, and I've said this before, my memories of him in WWE are having the best match in TakeOver history, those great matches with Rey Mysterio on Raw and SmackDown, and then I didn't really see any of the rest of them getting buried. So, like, to me, he's not damaged goods, but I, I get your point. You know, yeah, there is there is that optical issue with it. Um, and you're right, and that's the thing. I think he freshens up wherever he goes is the other thing, because, like, even, you know, we've got you know, people mentioning, you know, have him in the G1 this year absolutely he would freshen up a G1 like the thing about him is again you know is it's not like his previous bits that he's done in New Japan are hugely memorable and basically being a CMLL guy there he was under the mask so it's kind of complete fresh coat of paint if he comes in as you know let's say his name's now Andrade La Sombra or he's just Andrade or he's some combination of the two he's probably not putting the mask back on um so you know you've got a fresh presentation of him there as well you've got for me, you've got a potential main event actor, which which whichever company um, he lands in, and someone who, you know, I do think we're in a we are in a period where, like, granted, yes, you know, he was relatively low down the card in WWE, but it's not going to take you know fans are smart enough now that it's not going to take long for a for a new Japan to if they position him in the right way and he comes in at like a I hate to say it Sonada like level or you know what I mean like he's he's that kind of level guy in in an Lij or maybe just beneath you know. You can get away with it, I think, uh, and as long as performances are there, are good too. And you know, you can have versions of them too. You can do New Japan with the lads. You can go to aid if you ever did go to AEW. You can turn up with Selena Vega, uh, Trinidad, yeah. you know, and do a different kind of take on his character there. Um, 
possibilities are endless. Then he is he's based in Florida too as well, obviously being with Charlotte Flair too. So you know that maybe gives me you know being the one who I just want it all to happen now. I want to see him on Wednesday and have a I'd have him in the main event with Phoenix and I'd just sack Christian tomorrow, but you know and pay for it that way. But that's just me. Um, it's probably not going to happen, but that gives me a little bit of hope that you know something like that could happen eventually. Mm. Well, you've said there, Benno, in the past, like the already the buyer's remorse possibly over over Christian. Like again, it makes you think if if they'd known this was happening a fortnight later, would yeah. you have been hiring hiring Christian? You probably well, I mean, logically you wouldn't, would you? No. But I they wouldn't. probably quite reasonably thought that this is so unlikely to happen that people get released without mm. there being a no compete. True. And as like it's just such a kind of exception which again coming back i'll come back to the point of like this kind of really proves you know what it's just great seeing wrestlers know their worth and charlotte here if this is true true, like absolutely if it's true and there's a big 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 big, big, something though jp why would they back down like i don't i don't see why they would change their mind not like i it was the thing i was speculating about like keeping her happy and I could imagine that just sort of being the case where she's just like, you're not going to like screw him over and have him in purgatory mm. as they would normally do. Um, and it's just fascinating someone being able to have that kind of impact on them as well. Mm. Like if that is the case. Mm. Uh, otherwise, God knows the reason. It's just that this never happens. You have to assume that it's kind of exceptional circumstances mm. that people are granted their release. And it's, but this is different from the Del Rio stuff in the sense that oh, there wasn't really a wrestling... sends a shiver up my th- up yeah. Del Rio turning oh, off on a promotion in 2021. Good. Can he just not? No. <laughs> Turn up in a jail, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have a little brawl with his brother. Along with that yeah. useless lump of a brother, mate. Fucking shit, the brother. Absolute <laughs> fucking shit. Sorry, I'm at Milton Keynes for what culture? You were fucking awful. Terrible. Um... <laughs> What was I going to say? Yeah, we, but like the difference with that is there's a wrestling war going on. Mm. There's this kind of like hoovering up of talent. So that's what kind of makes this exceptional. That the idea of you're putting someone out there who could have a perceived value to other mm. places, and in the case of a new Japan Ring of Honor, are walking straight into storylines that completely play within the character as well. Whereas in and then in AEW, if you want to recreate the act he was in in WWE, you've got the option of being able to do that well at the same time. And it's the kind of thing that WWE would just be loath to do because mm. it would the idea of somebody leaving, getting a buzz, doing well elsewhere, and then you've got a whole round of contract negotiations and people are going, "I'm never going to be creatively fulfilled in this company." So why the fuck should I stay? Because I'm going to actually be getting big money from these other companies who do also want me at the same time. Mm. It just makes things very, very interesting. Yeah, it does. That's the way I mean, we want to do it. The other thing that just has me interested at the moment is now I was just thinking about something that we haven't had for so long is uh, is these fresh like podcasts and shoot interviews and things like that. Obviously, you've had things like the John Moxley one and stuff like that where they were just speaking their mind about the way they were treated in WWE and, you know, like... And the big I show one. To, like, yeah, I listened to the big show one, and you know, obviously he didn't, you know, he didn't come out quite the, uh, you know, the, the, the thinks quite, he should be a main event. He's quite, human. Quite, quite, quite the same level. He's, he's human. Got a different uh, angle. Five angle years ago, things, but, um, they told him he can't be, he but, can't um, be a main eventer anymore, and he, he has to put people over, and he wasn't happy about it. Like what? Like, yeah. So some of those interviews are better than others. I will say some of them are more empathetic than others. 
Yeah, it's it's just the shit you want. You just want the stories. You want the sure. you want people fucking the slagging death. them off, talking how bad they were treated and things like that. Which you know, again, there's been a there's been a dearth of for a while. So um, so yeah, definitely uh, looking forward to that. But also the other thing that's just um, frustrating is. Um, in another world, he'd definitely have been shown up in Evoking Preston in about two weeks' time or something like that as well. And so, you know, you know, so um, that's a that's a, that's a definite big loss as far as I'm I'm concerned. Five years ago, he'd have been he'd have been fucking there. If he comes over and quarantines two weeks before that show, they're running in June. <laughs> he just decides that, yeah, quarantining in Preston. In, 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 another, in another world, I'm watching Joey A's against Andrade in the uh, in the middle of summer that's oh, one we could have had uh, what about tnt would he would he do that as well i could see it. he could just he could do that in the northwest quarantine for a couple yeah. of weeks yeah he could Show be a rat, could be one of those those lads rev pro want to bring over for you know a month or so you know there's there's, well. there's, there's potential like you know like say bring uh to trend up with them as well um definite possibilities but yeah i do think yeah whenever he lands you know whether it be you know probably new japan or an aw where he again for wherever he goes he could be a potential genuinely game-changing to me you know that the hispanic star that wwe for some reason had right in the laps and didn't do anything with um he could be that guy um you know wwe going back to Rey mysterio as good as he is you know if Rey mysterio has been around for what 25 years at this point at some point you've got to yeah. you got to elevate someone but yeah for whatever reason they didn't see it in him um yeah i just hope wherever he does land it's going to be somewhere that that does see it in him and yeah we get to see like him him live up to to that potential um but yeah we kind of um touched on aw new japan and wwe there and we've got kind of stories related to well shows related to all three we were gonna have a look at today but i was gonna say should, should i call all the ball do you want to have a look at that uh, should we talk the, uh, the the match that a lot of people have been given well not five stars 4.75 stars um from AEW this week should we uh should we go with mm. that first from the uh the potential shows from there um that is you know that has been a talking point this week uh yes uh AEW did have um essentially what was a, a women's death match a a lights out match uh on dynamite this week that has done particularly well on the uh the old grapple app and yeah i saw a bit, bit of grumbling that melter went 4.75 rather than five stars but whatever i think the uh the grapple stats uh kind of uh even out to to what is a a reasonable number but yeah i would probably say you know there's uh when we talk new japan cup there's a, a match that maybe rivals it in a little way but for me the match of the week this week, is it not? Um, this match, Britt Baker and, uh, and Thunder Rosa from Dynamite this week. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I'm not going to give you star rating yet because I think I'm a little bit, I'm going to be maybe a little bit lower than a lot of other people. Um, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I did really enjoy it. Just having a, having a little scroll through the crap app now. There are uh, definitely definitely higher ratings out there than I than I gave it. But, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from it. Though it was an, an incredible match. Uh, Shouldn't be an incredible achievement in 2021, though. Two women went out there and had a match like this, but, you know, sadly, that's the, the world that we're in. Also an incredible achievement, I, I do think, genuinely, for that AEW women's division that was uh, felt like it was on its last legs this t- this time last year, and, you know, it felt like a real marquee match. But, yeah, it's been the uh, the talk of the wrestling world this uh, this last week or so, and I think it did uh, particularly well on, uh, on Grapple Gareth. Yeah, it's averaging out on the app at like 4.51 um, currently. Um, that's with like 390 ratings in there um, so far on it as well. So it's had, uh, you know, real good traffic. Lots of people out there watching it and lots of people rating it as uh, as well. Um, I will uh, I will give you my rating. I'm not, oh, I'm not the worker that you are, Benno. Um, <laughs> you know, I went, for, I, I went four and a half. Uh, I went four and a half as well. Yeah. And, 
uh, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed this. I mean, you know, we've talked about this for, for plenty of weeks now as mm-hmm. these two have been, you know, real positive parts of, of AEW for the last last few months now. And in particular, this feud and the way that it's, you know, the little elements to it that have been, that have been built over time. You know, in that time, obviously, we've talked about the value that Thunder Rose has brought to the women's division. We've talked about that significant improvement in Britt Baker as the her entire time in, in, in AEW has gone on. You know, she's... Um, improved in, in pretty much all aspects and yeah i mean I, you know you know me i'm not a big fucking deathmatch guy you know it's not the sort of thing that you know i'm normally into but i think with this just right from the off i mean they just looked so like it was business it was fucking all business from the start it was you know they were they looked absolutely psyched and like pure ready for ready for war you know they were you know you could tell that this wasn't just some um random oh it's a it's a it's a death match on a card just because it has to be there it genuinely felt like a culmination of a feud or at least uh the, the two of them finally like getting into the ring together as well that um had been bit over a large number of weeks sorry my throat <laughs> my voice mm. is going i don't know what's happening here Can maybe i'm getting emotional about this stars yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um but yeah, and and I think it was something like where where obviously there was a lot of obviously naturally there was a lot of like big spots in there, and there was a lot of like your typical you know you know death match or hardcore match match spots. I think it never felt to me like it was like oh, and now it's time for the ladder spot. Oh, and now it's time for mm-hmm. the you know the how you said drawing pin spot, then thumbtacks spots there, or mm-hmm. now it's time for the table spot and things like that. There was almost I think because it was like underpinned with that like aggression and toughness between the two it kind of felt like logical steps moving from one to the next to the next and it, it, just the way things were pieced together from, from from game to point to point just really made sense and i just think that the um yeah that sort of aggressive undercurrent really it, it, it just really it really felt right and, and i think the pace of the match as well like again don't want to get all like Selling-y or, or, or anything like that, but I just think the pace between spots just worked as well, and the and the, and the way that they put that side of things together. So it kind of was, it almost like worked on these on those three levels for me. It was like a pacing standpoint, the aggressiveness, and sort of like the meaning that that was going in behind it, and then it had the big entertaining, you know, sickening spots as well, as well as having obviously just those great visuals with you know, Britt Baker staring down the camera with a crimson mask and you know just you know all all, all, mm. all, all little elements like that and it just it just felt it just pulled so many many parts of that to together and yeah like loved it what a what an enjoyable you know match just to just to have on you know a tv show just on dynamite you know your weekly weekly wrestling tv it's 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 one of those that where you kind of hoped that aw would come in and give you something a bit different you know they've they've certainly delivered because i can't remember anything like this on tv wrestling from certainly from the women's division in ever i suppose that's the big thing to take away from it isn't it? This is entirely the antithesis of what WWE would do. They would You'd never, never yeah. you would never ever get anything like this. They would immediately not do it, but it, within the logic of the story, and I completely agree with Gareth, and I also went four and a half on this, mm. because it it made sense, and I've just seen Rian in the chat as, as pointed out there, massive shout out to Reba, the job she did on the outside, and generally the job she does as part of the act with Britt Baker, like that's why I've loved this feud. Mm. Everyone's won. 
in it. Thunder Rosa has won and just gets better and better. And I actually liked the stuff she did for the NWA as well afterwards, as we will talk about later on in the show. But she's like Britt Baker has just come on leaps and bounds, like just in terms of just as, as a wrestler, she's come on, let alone the character. Mm. And you think this calls off this feud until they're doing it for a title now, mm. but it also becomes one of the kind of signpost feuds that they're going to be going to for a long time. And it needed that kind of requisite level of violence. And it had this and rather like the, um, backlot brawl they did with the best friends and and proud and powerful it was just such a pleasant surprise to see something like this taking place on tv because it felt like a risk and a big risk and we don't know how much it'll pay off but what it didn't what it felt like is that this was and i had you know i'm not a deathmatch fan but it made sense they were going to go to these logical steps for it um and i yeah i just really really in in enjoyed this overall and everyone won mm. as well the only thing it made me feel is actually you want to have that belt on Britt baker so like i you'd want her taken off at kakari shida at the next pay-per-view because i think then her as heel champ with her own talking segment in there every other week like mm. that's that's where you go and then you sign charlotte flair in a couple of years time and bring her in with Andrade. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, on, on that on that Britt Baker front though, it just sort of like re-emphasizes this thing again that we've talked about in the last few weeks is that she can she can do it all. She's like she's got good personality, good natural charisma, she's good on the mic and continues to improve there. Her in her in ring stuff just from a general wrestling standpoint has improved. But then equally having that element of like toughness to the character as well. So she's not a joke, even though she's she does some comedic things or jokey things when it comes down to it and it comes down to the business end. She can, you know, there's that match obviously where she broke her nose and things like that. And she, you know, sort of like visibly toughed it out there. She's obviously, you know, she took the worst of the the spots here and, you know, toughed that out as well. So as somebody to put at the top of the division, you know, she's got a, even more credibility Go, you know, then, then, then it's it's almost like compounding every single time you you see her. It builds and like yeah, like you say, really should be looking to put the belt on her. And um, yeah, I think as well the level of investment they've now created in a few female wrestlers is like fantastic there because these two. I, I want to watch Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker as much as I want. I want to watch anyone on TV wrestling these days, and that's 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 a pretty you know pretty strong that they've they've created that feeling, and I think there's a lot of people out there feel the same. For the AW Women's Division as well, like that again, saying a lot compared to like this time last year, and yeah, I I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. That was a brilliant TV main event. I'm just a little bit lower than you guys on the star rate, and I was floating between four and four point two five. So I was kind of shocked when I saw you know the the close to five star rate. I suppose I shouldn't be shocked. Uh, a Meltzer four point seven five is what on the grapple scale now, Gareth? Like three and a half or something? Um, yeah. <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> he must he must That's have liked really it hate. at all. Um, for me, it was just a really really good TV main event but i mean the positives are that like like you've both said it you came out and to be honest even in lost i feel like Britt baker came across because a lot of the visuals were here she came across as like the big star out of this match like uh, if you ask me in like three months time i'm probably going to tell you to remember wrong and think Britt won this thing because it felt like the Britt baker match the coming out party for her i suppose mm-hmm. i think recently we've all became fully aware of you know how good thunder rosa is Britt baker is someone who's been a bit more of a, a work in progress but to be able to show 
you know, she has this side in her locker as well as why I think this match was, was such a success. You know me, I'm the deathmatch guy, so like there were a couple of spots that didn't really land for me. I felt it was a little bit messy at points um, and the impact wasn't quite there for some big spots. Like there was a Death Valley driver, I think it was, that just kind of was a bit of a damp squib and there were a couple of rough moments. But, you know, I, I mean, that, that's not me saying therefore I'm giving it three stars. I think in a way, some of the rough moments you know, in a way mm. added to it as well. Um, but it maybe explains, you know, why I'm a four or a 4.25 rather than like a, a four and a half. But like, I'm not complaining about it in any way. Um, again, I thought it was, it seems completely silly that in 2021 we're, we're talking about it as a breakthrough moment, but it was, you know, it genuinely was as far as, you know, women going out there and, and, and having a match that looked like this on mainstream TV as well. And yeah, you know, the one thing I will say for him is it, it delivered in the violence sakes better than um, that uh, alleged exploding barbed wire match that we, we got the other week. I would, you know, I, I almost feel like uh, they made up for that um, a little bit here as well. So yeah, it was all in all just a, a great bit of business and it felt like a real feel good way um, to end the dynamite. Felt like a ballsy move considering the women's segments on Dynamite haven't traditionally done well with ratings. You know, we've talked about the ratings a little bit, JP, with, you know, it was just mm. under, um, you know, the 80, 800,000 mark for this particular match and the average of the show was in the 700s, which isn't ideal, but still strong. And, you know, there was Meltzer had some numbers saying that basically, you know, I think it, uh, what was the number for NXT? It was something like in the 400,000s during, during this match. Because essentially it looks from the numbers like 250 odd thousand people tuned over to Dynamite. And then as soon as Dynamite finished, they tuned back into NXT as well, like in numbers that, you know, haven't always been that obvious in the past. So it kind of shows maybe a bit of that audience that watches NXT for the women's matches, which you do hear a lot, don't you? You know, what's the positive of NXT? Well, the women's division. Um, or at least it was <laughs> at one point. A lot of those people have uh, have moved over for it as well. So it feels like a success there. And like you have both said, it feels like a, a match you can go back to um, in future and do this again and play this videotape back. That image of Brit with the blood all over her face that they've used cleverly for a couple of T-shirts is going to be footage they're going to be be able to use for, for years to come. Um, so yeah, just a, just a tremendous bit of business from AEW all over, I'd say. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I suppose, like other than that, on Dynamite, as we have got a lot to cover today, we probably won't spend too much time on on the weeds of the, the rest of the show. But did anything anything else stand out for for you guys as uh, as far as uh, this particular show went? Uh, I think the other high in the ratings was the uh, the Kingston Moxley tag with the Good Brothers, um, which I did enjoy. I enjoy them as like a mm. as a bit of a a double act with Eddie Kingston maybe selling a bit more now that he's a babyface rather than a heel and playing there. Babyface in peril um, in that match with the Good Brothers. That was a, that was another highlight for me. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, that, that match was was fine. It was entertaining for, for what it was. I mean, you know, I went two and a half stars on that. You know, it was, yeah. it was like, wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't anything startling or so, you know, in terms of an actual match. But, you know, I think it was good to see see them uh, them two together and um, obviously, um, you know, in that, that, that setting with the the good brothers and thinking about like you know what it might what it might lead to and things you know I think the the thing that you know when I think about the the show I probably you know I probably think about the I suppose that first interview with the the pinnacle I think that was the mm. that that was the, the thing that stood out for me and I think um, yeah I, I really enjoyed that I, I thought it I, I thought it, it it came across great I th- I, that was the best I've heard Tully Blanchard on the mic in in AW because there's been plenty of times that even though you know, I'm a fan, uh, 
been a fan of him from years gone by. I've questioned what value he's actually been adding in a lot of the stuff that he's done, and he hasn't felt like good on the mic to to me necessarily in the past. But I thought he came across great on uh, here on the start. But um, MJF was uh, I, like uh, again, don't know what you guys think, but I absolutely loved uh, I loved MJF on the, on on this interview. I just thought mm. that. The personal attack on Jericho, on the comedy bullshit, you know, I, I, I like that. But then he got over his reasonings for, you know, being in the inner, being in, in the in the inner circle in the first place, which again was something where there'd been questions about. I thought he put all, over I, all of the guys who were in the pinnacle. He, he made them all, even even Sean Spears sounds credible. And then, um, <laughs> um, but then Don't get me started, Gareth. kept kept things very very clear who the star is, you know, and you you. Mm. Were you were looking at that at the end thinking yeah he's the guy like he's he he's the one who you know this company's going to be you know built around for for years to come he presented him like a star with these guys behind him he looked like a fucking star he talked like a star and it was just it was just really really strong for me and it just got me you know very very excited about the the future direction of this group on that on that Tully note I was going to say he looked the most comfortable in his own skin he's looked he looked the most like Tully Blanchard didn't he like I had that same note yeah. watching it that he mm. just yeah he, he came across like he was own in the room and like he belonged you know whereas he's kind of come across as a bit of a out of place not frail old man but you know just not quite with it if mm. you know what I mean um yeah, they, yeah it felt like things clicked here JP he felt more like a JJ mm. JJ Dillon mm. as much as anything else there mm. he was like the kind of that kind of strategic mastermind type person that you want as your kind of manager there, which is, which is great. And I like the fact that you've got him in one, you've got him in one faction and then you've got Arn obviously with the nightmare family as well. And they're going to build to something happening with those two there. But I really enjoyed this because it felt, it was like Gareth said, it was the calling out, calling out Jericho on the kind of comedy bullshit and the kind of constant debate stuff. That was really good. That like I, I just thought that was good and it added it just brought like it was obviously serious the week that they did it, but it kept up that serious tone. And so when Jericho comes back and smartly he wasn't on the show, which is good because there's always like he must have been on every single show that they've basically done mm. so far in some way. Even like the tape ones, he was a, a load of those ones here. But not having him there and just having MJF just be really sort of cutting and nasty just worked for me. Um, on a show that generally I thought was kind of fine. Mm. Um, like, I mean, it was your typical take thought- dynamite, wasn't it? Like in in, in some it ways. was. Although it had that great main yeah. event, which is what we're all going to remember, and it had, like, say, the great MJF yes. promo segments. You know, it's your it's your vacuum crowd noise dynamite episode, isn't it? The week after the live one, in a for, for chunks of this. Yeah. And it's gonna, and we're gonna go further into Cody versus Penta, and I understand why people didn't like the the finish and the stuff like the arm break. selling the, the, oh. the arm break and the roll up and and stuff like that. The Lucha Underground purist I mean, in me, JP. The Azteca Underground purist in me wasn't happy about that. That was uh, that was Penta's kill move. I know. To be fair. He doesn't protect it himself either. Or like, how many no. times have we seen him on the Indies over here do that move and the guy pops up? Um, although, yeah, I do agree it was particularly egregious that literally Cody immediately got up using both hands and then did a roll-up using both hands. Um, Cody's got a bit of form for that recently. He did the same and we didn't even notice it. But do you remember in the Shaq match where like he got powerbombed by Shaq and it was a dead impressive spot? Three seconds later, he was just standing up. <laughs> what's, with, what's with this ego with Cody right now? Is he the gears? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
No, I, 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 for me, I mean, I'm enjoying the presentation of Penta and what he could be. I think where it gets convoluted, and this is part of the danger, is where the death triangle work out in all of this because it is still very odd that you've got kind of Pack and Phoenix over there, you've got Pentagon over there, and it's just it's one of these things where you just kind of want Pentagon to go off and do his own thing, or you're getting Slap Strike's own Vampiro in as his manager if you're going to go full Lucha Underground and, and have him in there on that. Don't know how you feel about that, Benno. Completely no selling it on the camera there. Not having any part of it. <laughs> I'll give it a satisfaction. But yeah, overall as overall as a show, I thought it was a, a fun-taped dynamite. Like mm. We're at a point at the minute where there isn't really any bad shows. Mm. There's nothing... There's even parallel to fucking raw on this, not even in the same universe at the, at this stage. Mm. And I know because probably in about seven hours time, I'm going to be reading out the raw results. Just like, <laughs> what the fuck are they doing now? So, there and you, you never have that with AW. No, no, that's it. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know them getting back to the live show this week. I'm looking forward to Andrade turning up on Wednesday. It's happening, lads. Telling you, um, but <laughs> in general, yeah, I'm enjoying. Like even you know, the but one one quick note out on the show is I, I enjoyed them re-establishing Jade Cargill um, as a monster with a squash match, considering on the pay per view. They had, was it the pay per view? They had it in the crowd as like just some fan clapping for Cody. Like that was a huge yeah. misstep as far as AEW <laughs> went. This match went away to making me forget that even happened. But like I needed this match to remind me what a big fucking star Jade Cargill can be. Um, I thought that was that a... pump looked fucking great. Oh, she looked a beast. Didn't it was like, like watching a WWE Saturday yeah. Night Squash or something, wasn't it? Or watching like a, a Sid killer Sid. jobber. Yeah, Sid. Yeah, exactly. That's... Sid took my man as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's very little to be enjoyed more in this life than a Sid squash match <laughs> from like 1990. Those yeah. things are imprinted. I think, and I know with Gareth on it, with all of us, they're just imprinted on your fucking mind. Mm. Yeah. Look, so Jay long, can, Jay can yeah. Do Let's have a long reign of her just going through a lot of the AEW dark roster for the time mm. being. You don't streak. need... <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. Just do the streak, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But like not Goldberg style, Goldberg. millennial, millennium man Sid style. When he had like little nature with like the uh, coming out with the boards, like with the numbers on and stuff. That's what we need. Get one of the other women to follow. But, I mean, it's, it, it's just the perfect presentation, though, isn't it? Like, like we, like we said, is just like accentuate the positives, add the negatives, and just make it look like a star and make it look hard as fuck. And she just comes across like a star. She, you know, lands three or four moves, gets the win. You know, looks looks ace. Just just keep doing that for months, months and months and months, and just just build her and build her and build her because she's she's got that star quality that they can they can um, they can obviously like do a lot with further down the line. Yeah, I never put her in the crowd again. That would be my one bit of advice to Tony Khan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is not someone who needs to be humanised, I will say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, moving on quickly from AW, because we do have a, a lot of things to cover. Obviously, the, another Dynamite on Wednesday, so I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about it next week. What we do need to talk about is some New Japan. Um, JP has uh, g- nicely chosen this moment to leave the room, Gareth, and he's putting you in the hot seat here. Uh, we do need to talk about New Japan. We do need to talk about the New Japan Cup. There's plenty of interesting matches to talk about, and you know, a relatively high-rated uh, final uh, on the Grappa Lap too. But unfortunately, can't start anywhere else if we're going to talk New Japan um, and talk the New Japan Cup without talking about the ending to the New Japan Cup. Um, 
on Sunday morning. Uh, I'm guessing you weren't up live for this one, Gareth. Uh, it was a five in the morning show. Uh, I think that's maybe even a, a little bit too early uh, for your blood. Uh, did you show back up? I think I was still awake. To be honest, I was still on a buzz after uh, after slap fights and uh, and rape one and Ghostface. But even I, I didn't uh, manage it the whole way through. But yeah, I got up on Sunday morning and first thing I saw my entire Twitter line. I'm, Timeline was just ablaze with not how good the match was, nothing to do with really the the content of the in ring on the show. It was all um, about this post match angle with Will Ospreay and B Priestley. Yeah, I don't know where you start on that. Um, I think we're probably all going to agree. Terrible idea. Um, I think everyone agrees on that. I think there are some people who don't see the intergender element of it as serious an issue as as others do. Personally, I think you can't you can't book Will Ospreay in a segment like that and not expect you know people's minds to to go to bad places. Um, all in all, though, just a, a terrible terrible idea. Um, if anyone hasn't seen, it, I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. Post match, what's the idea? Osprey thinks he, he wants to prove he really wants the title, so he's going to take out the one thing he loves the most, and he's going to Randy Orton style RKO his literal girlfriend from real life. Cuts a promo after the show talking about how he's now single. Um, presumably, this was a mechanic to explain why B Priestley's going to be off work and stardom shows for the time being, but uh, unnecessary, unneeded, and just stupid. Uh, from all involved, from the promotion to the performers, just idiotic, really. I, don't, I can't imagine you got much of a different take than that, Gareth. No, I mean, like literally, you've, you've just said the word unnecessary, and that was like literally the first word that I'd written down in my notes about it. It was just, it just felt entirely just, you know, unnecessary for for a variety of reasons, be it, be it storyline, be it morally, be it, be it just general, you know, visual presentation of, uh, of, yes. uh, of Osprey, you know, and just so many different levels. It just felt entirely unnecessarily. And I think it just sort of, it felt cheap as well. Like it just, yeah. it just, it, it, it just felt so, so ill-placed. So, so just cheap and just low rent and things like that. And it just, it just felt like something of, of another time that, that and again, I've seen, you know, I didn't see it live. I've I'd, I'd watched it sort of a day later, as I'd you know I was catching up. I still had the semi-finals to watch and things like that. I'm normally one who avoids spoilers, but I just couldn't like I couldn't not avoid it. Kind of all those those when you try to avoid it and you accidentally go onto Twitter kind of thing, and then before you come off, every it felt like my timeline was just totally about it for for quite a long long period of time. So it sort of clearly you know hit a negative chord with 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 such a high volume of people. I think so much so much of it was pointed at Osprey, and that's yeah ob- obvious but it's for me i was like well it's not just osprey is it it's 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 new japan it's 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 ev- you know mm. it's everyone involved in 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 the in the process of putting this to putting this together as well really you know and like it just it just felt you know just i don't know just wrong on on on, on so many so many different different levels with it there really and i mean it, i found i find it i mean i know we're not talking about the match as yet mm. But I find it hard not to talk about that without talking about the match. And I struggle to watch the match. All the- I struggle to watch to- it knowing the story, same as you. Waking up, seeing yeah. the news, it was all I could think about watching the match. I tried to watch it once and I ended up having to like just turn it off and watch it a second time another time. You can't separate it, can you? And and, and the thing is as well is the thing that I 
that that almost cheapens it further and things for me is the fact that the it's almost like some real low rent cheap way to make you hate Will Ospreay because the heel work that he's been doing Sorry. hasn't been sufficiently good. You know, like if you think about in that in the, in that match, the match in isolation as a standalone match as you, that you look at there. There was, you know, obviously there was a lot going on in there that it was a good match, but there's no good heel work in that match at all. Like, you know, in that match mm. and in some of the others in this tournament, there's been no heelish reason why you should be booing Will Ospreay or against Will Ospreay. And then it almost felt like because it's not something they've been able to achieve in the way that you're sort of supposed to be able to achieve it during the during the match, they've then almost stooped to this level that, you know, again, right, like I say, I don't want to just keep going back to the same mm. words, but it just, it, it, it just, it, it cheapened the main event, it cheapened the character, it just cheapened New Japan a bit, and yeah, it just, it, it just sort of left that, left that bad taste, bad taste in your mouth, really, of Definitely. thinking, like, really? Yeah. Is this, is really, this is where we're at? Felt felt desperate, JP. I don't know if you've got a, a different yeah. take than us, but that's that's what it felt for me. It just felt like yeah, and Gareth hit the nail on the head there. It felt, and you could hear it in the in the in the lack of crowd response. How fucking awkward was that? You could hear it in how awkward the commentators were. Just shock value nonsense. That okay, yeah, Randy Orton yeah. RKO'd Stacey Keebler once, and it got a pop. You know how many years ago was that? You know Austin's done it. Doesn't mean it needs to be done in twenty twenty one for for quote-unquote heat and cheap heat at that. Yeah, I, I hate that reasoning of, well, it's been done in wrestling before, so let's do it. And if you think of the you think of the ground that covers with wrestling angles. If you do wrestling angles and race, for example, there's a reason why we don't go back to those fucking storylines. And this was just like a throwback of that kind of shock, like kind of crash TV, like really just... Pointless. I mean, Gareth hit the nail on the head. Cheap, unnecessary. They're the words that I have that came to mind. It isn't like it tainted the match for me. Um, Because like you guys, I hadn't got up and watched this live at 5am. And I I wasn't as fussed about necessarily avoiding the spoilers, but I found out. And then I saw all the stuff happening with this story. And I was like, what the hell's happened here? And it's not the first time they've done this, is it? Think of their depictions of effectively every woman in New Japan. And it's fucking awful, isn't it? We're talking like Mio Abe as like the standard bearer for this. And that's a problem in that case. And there's stuff that they get away with. And I have to admit, like, there are times you wonder, do they, they get more of a free pass on this stuff than kind of everybody else? But this is a company that harbors international ambitions and therefore like there are so many like reasons for people to dislike this and be offended by it and whenever i've seen whenever i've read any comments from women talking about it, it's about how much level of disgust this is about just like you're using effectively domestic violence as an angle here um for for no real reason like to get cheap heel heat, which you don't need to add juice to a match that kind of didn't need it. So why like, so that's when you get to the unnecessary, but it's just deeply worrying that this is part of a trend of what they do. And this is even going, even mentioning people like the bullet babes and stuff like that. I mean, it's, 
God, let, yeah, let alone fucking Yujiro. I mean, it's mm. yeah, there is there is a big there is a big problem with it. Chase Owens, and it, it's certainly not a company you trust to do women's wrestling, though, is it? Oh, good God, like man. you're really, yeah, you know. Sorry to throw that into into the equation, but like, yeah, this is this is just it was just shit, and it felt fucking cheap. And like a lot of people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is. This is stuff that makes me not want to watch it because is- I've zero in. I don't want to know how. I just want this angle to be fucking dropped and just simply be told this is dumb shit. Why? Why are you doing it? And and the the blame is to be shared with you know them and a new Japan. But it's yeah, Osprey and B have got to say no to this or not come up with the fucking idea themselves, which probably is the case. I know we don't know, but feels like yeah. it probably was them, the both of them. Um. But yeah, I mean, and the other thing I think it ties in to our Muhammad Hassan conversation a little bit in that the counterpoint people are going to try and make is, well, you can tell a domestic violence story in Game of Thrones or, you know, The Sopranos or whatever TV show you want to use. Why can't you do it in wrestling? It's because wrestling can't be fucking trusted. Like wrestling, it just yeah. can't. Because, you know, B Priestley's not going and ringing the police and then the police are dealing with Will Ospreay. That's not, the, that's not what we're getting out of this story. We're getting Will Ospreay cutting a a promo that I felt like he came up with on the fly after the match, talking about how he's now single now and he's going to go out with the lads. Like That's why that's why wrestling can't be trusted to do this, because it hasn't got the sensitivity yeah. to handle a story like this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Who's, who's absolutely been been changed in this scenario? Sorry, Gary. Yeah, yeah the, the payoff isn't going to be Will Ospreay getting... Um, you know, getting his comeuppance for doing yeah, this, is it? Sure, like, you, yeah. know, you know, as 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 it would in a TV drama or something like that. Potential, you know, mm-hmm. potentially, like you say, it would be handled in a in a different way. But that Osprey promo, like you, you just referencing it there, like it was awful. It was so bad. It was like it, it like it just. It was almost like tying himself up in knots at, at times. Why the things where he was almost trying to justify it but then it didn't come across as like quite convincing and then he wasn't like backing up his own points and things like that as well and then, so even from that point that you're saying there about like not trusting wrestling to hand it properly handle it properly like they do it and then the follow-up to it like immediately didn't even like have any sense or logic to it either kind of thing which 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 again is no justification for if that had been a good interview then the angle would have been fine but it just sort of shows again with the the almost afterthought nature that it's treated with really rather than a bit being something that's put significant thought into and i thought it was interesting that you mentioned the crowd benno as well because obviously like it's a clap crowd and you know we've we've talked about that the lack of reaction that you can you can get from it but it was you could feel it, couldn't you? It was weird, like the the silence, the stunned, the, the stunned oh, silence, and and it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good stunned silence, was it? You know, you didn't get, you know, it, it it felt uncomfortable and it felt weird and a bit odd, kind of, you know, the reaction to it from the from the from the crowd as well. It was, it was, I found it, I found it very odd that you could feel the uncomfortable nature of the crowd without them even saying a word when they haven't been able to say a word at however many events in in, in the past. And, and I don't think that was me reading something into it. I think it was genuinely the way that the audience felt at the, at the time, which, which again was, was, was odd and, and also telling. Mm-hmm. Totally. totally. And, in the, and, in, and then when you add in the context of speaking out, and you add in effectively, 
you know, given all of the things that have been said about Will Ospreay, for this to be seriously thought up of as an angle to be involved in, is it's just it even becomes thing. Even even if you want to, yeah. you're someone who thinks you know. You know, I I don't th- the Osprey stuff's terrible, but I don't think it's on the bit. I think it gets more play than there's something about the name Will Osprey that just sends people into a frenzy that doesn't happen with other people. More serious cases in speaking out, and sometimes there's a disconnect with me with his case. As bad as it is, you know, I don't think I'm one of them people who thinks Will Osprey should be banned from wrestling forever. But even if you're even more liberal than me on that story, and you really don't think. You know, Osprey's done anything wrong whatsoever, and I, I, you know, I think he's been a cunt basically. You know, I don't know, I don't know whether that amounts to enough to to say he blacklisted anymore or announced enough to say he should never wrestle again. But I absolutely agree, he's a cunt. But there are people out there who, who won't even think that. Even then, don't do this. No, read the room. Know what the reaction's going to be. Know what the conversation is around you as a person. And do better to put that, at least try and put that right, or just do better to just do better, really, is kind of the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, I, I, I just can't believe, again, it, this could have been B Priestley's idea, this could have been Will Ospreay's idea, this could have been New Japan's idea, I, again, I, I more put the blame on them too, but why is no one in the company stepping in? Why is a Rocky Romero or someone office not stepping in and going, you know what, bad idea, don't do it, have yeah. some sense, folks. Especially when reading statistics about how domestic abuse in Japan has nearly quadrupled over the lockdown period. We're obviously in this country having a kind of moment of reckoning um, with the death of uh, Sarah Hebbard. Yeah. I might have said her name wrong. Like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. No one's yeah. going on in the real world. Yeah. Like... That's and that's part of the whole thing when they talk about these storylines and everything else. They don't have a grip on what actually what the real world thoughts are on this mm. at all. They haven't looked into this. They haven't looked at like like what kind of heat are you trying to get here? Because this is turn off, don't watch, lose kind of fandom style of heat. And we're saying this as as three males. Just imagine if, like, in the in the context of everything else that's going on, hmm. you're watching this as a woman, totally, and you're thinking, yeah, that this is what you use as a kind of cheap as a cheap heat angle, and it is cheap heat. Like all of like this falls into the kind of pantheon of of like when wrestling would do things like abortion angles and obviously race angles, like I mentioned before, and and you're just like, this is you're not remotely equipped like you said before the people who write on these shows the the bookers they're not fucking hbo level writers they're not going to get depth and nuance of character you're not getting nah yeah no no not ghetto this year and that's another thing as well i mean like it's not a good sign if you want to look at it in a completely kind of blank way like if this is the route you're going down and my fear is is that obviously a Sakura Genesis? She'll help Osprey win the title. That mm. I think that's their get out for this. So we're going full and, Russo it was and it was all it was all a big ploy. Is that where we're going? Yeah, I could see that happening. And there was a time when we would have like the idea of a Will Osprey IWGP run happening, and it's just like it's going to have, you know, the idea of this cloud kind of existing with it. And it's who's it going to sell a ticket to? 
Yeah. You know, if you weren't already like, again, if you're, if you're a big new Japan fan in Japan, mm. how's this going to further entice you to want to see this match? Cause if you're a big new Japan fan then Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay in and of itself sells you on it. So yeah, that's New Japan. Like, even in that, pure... yeah. it is though, because like you know how positive we've been about the New Japan Cup. It's been good. It, it's made me think. Oh, maybe we've been a bit a little bit harsh in Ghetto. No, we haven't. <laughs> Nothing harsh enough. Because this is this is their payoff angle at the end of the tournament. This is what this is what they the the, the taste that they leave in everyone's mouth. It's just you're right, JP. Even if you look at it purely cynically from a booking point of view, it's just fucking stupid. I think it just is. Absolutely yep. ridiculous. And and this is why I don't just point the finger at like Osprey. I know you're saying, oh, it could have been Osprey's idea. It could have been B Priest's idea, what, whatever. At the end of the day, it's an idea that wherever it comes from, it goes into a room and some pe- people who are responsible for planning the direction of this company go, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and then you're like, like, like who, whoever can come up with it, the fact that New Japan have gone, have gone with it makes you think like, hang about like what are they so creatively you know devoid of ideas that they think yeah this sounds a bit different this is a bit different to a ball shot or a garrot wire so let's uh you know let's 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 do something uh let's run with something a bit di- uh, different there but it's yeah it just it, it just very much just feels like you know not just not just hospital and be, be priestly but just the company as a whole you're thinking what are you doing what are you what are you doing with this Mm. absolutely um and yeah you know as will said in the chat yeah compare the buzz behind uh when zack saber would it in 2018 to the non-buzz uh here purely from that point of view um and yeah as sean said as well you know let's not forget either this comes two weeks after they tried to sneak marty into the building for new japan strong yeah and on a show where you know chase owens takes pride the place on the card still um yeah new japan get away with a lot to be honest um and i think this has been for a lot of people, maybe the moment where, yeah, we're kind of people are like, ah, oh, it's just it's just Japan. I'm seeing a lot more people turn on it, and even like the hardest core New Japan fans, as you said, JP, especially female fans, of which there are a lot of female New Japan fans in in our part yeah. of the world, almost you know wash their hands with New Japan because of it as well. So, just a there is generally, isn't it? It's a much higher percentage of the fan base. Possibly only like kind of a Dragon Gate would beat it. Yeah, you talked about it on the round table you did, um, you know, with uh, with Sarah yeah. and the, and Lisan and yeah and Steph. Yeah, that that is yeah, absolutely true as well. Just stupid, absolutely stupid. Um, feels crass to say, but I don't know any any thoughts on the match itself. Like yeah, um, I I, I did I struggled. And it's the least of everyone's concern, you know, me struggling to watch this in, in the weight of the post-match angle. But yeah, I, you know, I gave it four stars on Grapple uh, as a match. Um, a match that I probably, going in with the thought I could have given, you know, cl- close to five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm going to be black and white about it purely as a match, I, I thought it was a match of two halves. First half of the match was pretty drab. And then the second half, when the pace upped, I did... I did enjoy it, um, but you know, wouldn't go higher than four. And it was, it was hard to watch with this cloud of, of everything that came after it. Um, in watching it, how about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I gave it, I gave it four point two five. So, and and that was, that was treating like that was trying to sort of almost like treat it in isolation as this is a match kind of you know like yeah, I, I hadn't seen the post match angle um yet you know sort of thing i knew about it but i you know i hadn't seen anything that had happened as a result of it so you're almost taking it on face value and it just 
I mean, it was good. Obviously, it was good from an, like an in-ring point of view. I think the thing that just, you know, it's averaging out at like 4.56 on the app. So, you know, significantly, you know, next next step up there, next step up there for people. But for me, it was just like, it was just that it was just the illogical nature of it. I think for for me and and like I've sort of referenced there previously before, like Osprey is supposed to be this heel and building this this heel character, and it, it just the thing that just didn't hit the mark with me was the whole like, well, what are you supposed to like dislike about this guy from an in ring point of view? He's pulling out, you know, he wasn't working like a heel. He was mm. pulling out a lot of like you know, pretty cool spots and things like that that he was doing. That 450 through the table to the outside, you know, was just, a, a, you know, a great babyface spot kind of to be, you know, to be to be doing something. It's, you know, it's getting the crowd up. It's, you know, it's it's something that, you know, is getting, you know, getting big cheers for. There's plenty of things there. Osprey's pulling out a few of the greatest hits that he hasn't done in a while or, you know, you know, is is held back on, on incorporating into his matches and, and things like that as well. And it just... That was, you know, that was almost like one of the feelings that I had then going into that post-match angle was like, he can't work as a heel. He can't, he can't, he can't be a convincing heel in his match structure and and and, and match actions because it takes away too much of what is good about Osprey and what's almost propelled him to the the, the point that he is now because. He's just he, he, the the match level hasn't been there in his in his heel work, and it hasn't been as convincing in his heel work as well. There, so it almost felt like they were having to try and do something that was so shockingly extreme that it made you treat him as a heel and see him as a heel or something like that. And like to me, that is like well, well, yeah, that is that is like last resort stuff, and it's you know it's it's almost like you know. If he's going to be the top heel in the company, if he's taken this belt off um, Kota Ibushi, then he needs to be doing it in the in, in the ring. Don't be fucking pulling out four fifties through tables that get everybody like off their feet clapping. You know, mm-hmm. be a fucking nasty bastard. Don't be flying all over the place. Work like a heel, and that was mm-hmm. what turned it, turned it back for me. I'm probably also a bit biased in that, like the first the first grapple match of the year was the Osprey Shingo final oh, from yeah. the best of the Super Juniors as well, and that's so closely like just ingrained in my brain. And and obviously it was worked in a in a different way, or it was worked in a different way because it was you know the, where where they were as wrestlers and characters at that time. But it just felt nowhere near that level for me. It just uh, felt well off it. You've hit the finger, your finger on there, with, like where the disconnect is there as well, because you say all those things about you know Osprey working as a heel, and I would say I don't want to see any of those things. Like I don't want to see you know B Priestley get more involved on the yeah. outside. I don't want to see Osprey stop doing flying. But then the answer becomes, well, why is he presented as this heel? Because he can't do it. He, he can't. He's he's yeah. been terrible on promos. Like the, like you said, his match quality is dipped. And yeah, you know the things I want to see Osprey doing. You know, like that that um lariat counter that got a lot of grief from the gif like i've got no mm-hmm. problem with osprey doing spots like that as much he does that lariat counter in every other one of his matches he usually goes into one yeah. of the, the spanish flyers that he does like if you can't i mean that spot yeah that was stupid they got isolated on twitter and as a whole i think people were just in a negative mood about osprey that day but taking yeah. an isolation there was nothing wrong with that spot it was you know if you, the idea was osprey was was 
dodging the move, even if you say Shingo's still got a little bit of contact. After that gift finishes, Osprey lies there selling after. Like, if we're going to have a go at delayed selling in New Japan, there's a whole load of Ishii matches that are going to get thrown under the bus as well. I had no problem with that. Um, but you're right, you know, the bits I enjoyed about it was really when it felt like a babyface versus essentially babyfacing. If anything, Shingo felt yeah. like the heel at points. It felt like JP that Zack Sabre match, you know, the, the week we had a similar conversation. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, and I've uh, absolutely echo a load of your thoughts because I went 4.25 in it as well because I can recognise that this was very well wrestled for, mm. for long periods of time. Mm. I just wasn't invested. And mm. knowing what happened after the match, because mm. if I just heard this was just an amazing match and that was it, I'd have just gone in like thinking, yeah, absolutely buzzing. And I agree. I don't kind of want to see him do that kind of like kind of evil like kind of nasty heel stuff because i just don't think that's the the wrestler he is mm. um and that if he's just sort of supremely arrogant in the fact of how his character works and the rest of it then i'd sooner that that's the kind of sum total of what that character is because mm. i think that would kind of work but it's there's there's no subtlety to it mm. like uh, as well with this point and that's the problem with something like that it's like a a terrible shock like kind of surprise twist ending that you know doesn't really do any favors but yeah as a match i think it's a better match than the finley match on the saturday which i have to say i really enjoyed and that one for its because finley's in it yeah your expectations are low and as an underdog baby face Mm. i thought he was great and I bet on some of those near falls mm. when I watched it because even though I knew it was like Osprey won, I just assumed he'd won. Like I kind of loved that performance, but like that was as much down to kind of David Finley really connecting with the crowd on on that one. But yeah, it just yeah the 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 ending to this kind of sours the taste of the kind of good little bits of good work and and rebuilding and making things seem a little bit more interesting on new japan cards and mm-hmm. and this is just kind of like really taken away from it and it's just like one step forward two steps back definitely definitely and uh, none the wiser, but for sure i mean any other thoughts on the other matches i suppose over the weekend or in the weekend in the new japan cup gareth um i'm maybe not as high on that um finley match as ujp i enjoyed the underdog babyface nature of it I went 3.75 hey. on the, uh, the app for it i went higher than i did evil and shingo you know again curse that one jp me and you on the previous show were like you know what though i bet you shingo can pull something out with this evil here no he didn't um evil dragged him right down to his level and it was <laughs> three-star match if i've ever seen one um any notes on those matches gareth or uh, how they done in a how the tournament did on uh, and grapple in general yeah i mean i think you know we talked last week about how it felt like a little bit of a breath of fresh air and you know there've been some good matches throughout and we talked about like the the fresh nature of some of the matchups and i think we definitely got that as well didn't we with when you got someone like finley getting that you know, getting that far in the tournament, picking up obviously the big surprise win over Jay White and then doing, you know, coming out with the, you know, the, the strong match against Osprey. I mean, I gave it 3.75, you know, so it was a, it was a good fucking good match. I really, you know, I enjoyed it. Averages out at like four stars on the app as, as well. And I think it's definitely something with, with Finley that we've, um, I think in the tournament really is, is someone who's probably just opened my eyes a, a little bit. To be fair, he's always someone who I've just kind of like dismissed as I don't know. He's just a bit dull to me, and mm. like I don't know, like physically maybe doesn't look like 
I don't know. There's the physical side of things that he never looked great. His his meshes are a bit dull. His personality just comes across a bit bland and things like that. Whereas I think in this tournament, he just looked like he had something a bit more about him. There was a bit more like aggression and fire with him. I think something that I noticed in, in, in these matches, and I don't know if it was just because he was actually given more time to work on a singles basis than he'd normally be able to to get one-on-one on, in, in, a, in a New Japan ring was just how... I think across across the tournament as a whole, in, in, in every match, you just saw sort of like a, a crispness and a smoothness in his work. And, you know, again, it was something where it felt like you'd seen real, a real kind of like step change with him. And he, he was he was definitely jumping out even before that Osprey match as, as being more entertaining and someone whose work that I was enjoying more than I previously would have done. And I was kind of sort of surprised in myself with that. And, you know, I thought that fed into the, um, fed into that Osprey match. And I was, I was like, I was kind of like pleased for him really that he got that moment. And he, he, he while it wasn't a five-star classic, it was a match that showed actually put him in there in the, with the right opponent and he can work in a certain way and, um, you know, pull out a decent level of match. I mean, the same can't be said for the, the other, semi-final i mean that evil shingo match honestly like that was that was what i that was what i watched when i couldn't get on slap fighting basically i sat there i sat there pissed and i watched evil i sat there pissed and i watched evil shingo and honestly i have i I, it was so dull it was so disengaging it was just like bringing out again last week we were talking about this tournament how a lot of the bullshit hadn't been there and certainly hadn't been there in the earlier rounds but then again it was just like oh back to the same old fucking bollocks like he's dick togo he's the bullshit he's the garrote and thing and you're just like give it a fucking rest kind of thing but even prior to that it was just it was just dull and it's shingo i love every match shingo has and i was just sat there just thinking like you know what i'm i can't wait for this to be over so i can go to fucking bed because <laughs> like i just i don't want to be watching this anymore but like and i was thinking god what what a what a awful way to feel watching uh, watching shingo oh, that one that one was the dirt word that fucking sucked yeah i, I don't want to see evil wrestle that's the kind of heat he has with me i'm like at the point where it's like i want to actively avoid him wrestling as much as I can. You need to and go away. Awful. You just need to go away. Go work nowhere or all Japan or something. Like, <laughs> he'd be good. He'd actually be I, one of the tough guys. And, you know, take the gimmick away. Let, let him just be a wrestler. Like I, I have maintained. Like there are points in like earlier G one runs and I like match against Ibushi and stuff like that. I've loved and I think there's the one where he beat a Carter for the first time. That I loved. It was like a, a real, real shock to the system that. Mm. Ultimately, he's an upper mid-carder. Yeah. And, like, in that role is where he was. And that's fine in New Japan. That, that's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. But just everything with this, just the entire gimmick and everything else, it's mm-hmm. it's awful. It's just absolutely awful. And, it, and it's... I, who likes this? Because it doesn't garner any reactions at all as well. This is the thing. This is, like... Travel. I don't know. It's part of the, it's part of the malaise. It's mm. really where things kicked in. It was like the first kind of move where they changed things around and they kind of fucked it up. Mm. Yeah. And they've been struggling ever since to kind of get things back on track. Mm. Feels like the evil era, doesn't it? Even though he's like not the top yeah. guy. Like his stink is all over. Like New Japan this last year. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Rough. 
It, it, it was right in that tag team when it was like him and Sarada. That was the level, basically, for me. It was it was as a, there you go, it's a, you know, it's a middle of the card tag team that can be, be in feuds or there can be in title matches. And really, that you know, at least that way as well, you only had to watch one of them in the ring at, in a fucking time as well for a short, for a short amount of time as well. You know, you, yeah. you knew the match the wasn't going t-shirts. longer than 15 minutes either. So you were only getting about six minutes of each probably. So, um, yeah, mm. so that was, uh, that was definitely more appealing, but... But yeah, fucking hell. There's a, a, a like you look at someone like that and you think, surely they've learned the lesson on this. Surely that you know, surely he's just somebody who's just disappearing backwards in in, in the card. But no, he'll probably surely. come and ball shot his way to a G one or something like that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we're we're all like, oh yeah, Andrade, Andrade, he'll take a ball shot and he'll be uh, yeah, <laughs> he'll be out. Yeah, it's bad stuff. Um, did you guys have anything else on the tournament matches from the week? I didn't really. I got same as you guys. Yeah. Enjoyed Finley. Enjoyed that Jay White match. I thought that was a nice throwback to to them too as a yeah. bit of a you know a tandem in in New Japan past. I like when you know revisit a little bit of history like that. Um, I always like them as the the young boys together. JP right up your street. That did, did I was going to say no. I did. I really enjoyed that, and it's the kind of thing that I could see Jay White wanting to do as well. Totally, and it's yeah. kind of a nice way to kind of derail him a bit. Mm which is the problem with him coming back in and the way that he's come back in is it's not being very good. Mm. And I think that kind of derailing at least kind of says, all right, are you going to do something with it? Now, if he just comes back at Sakura Gen- Genesis onto another card, then it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Mm. Like, then I'll be really disappointed. Um, yeah, d- d- apart from that, I mean, yeah, I can't think of anything else that, that really sticks out in my mind. Well, I mean, other than the stuff that we've already said for about an hour, but yeah. I mean, you look at the tournament as a whole, and obviously you got like the Osprey Zach match, which is averaging out mm. like four point six on the app. The final there, you know, four point five six. The the Carter Shingo match in the first round at four point two five. You know, so there's three strong matches there. You know, with 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 decent ratings coming out of it. Which, if you think how the New Japan Cup really was something last year that put us all on a bit of a downer about New Japan after we were so excited and we always had this build-up of like, yeah, when New Japan's back, wrestling is back kind of thing. And then the New Japan Cup was like, you know, one of the things that really made us get on a big downer about New Japan last year. It was quite nice to have just sort of like almost littered through the tournament here. It was just, you know, a, a, you know, from the first round to the last, there was some good stuff to to watch there. And he, he, even underneath that, obviously, the Finlay Osprey stuff, that's, you know, at a four-star average, the, the Goto Shingo match at a four-star average as well, and the, the Kent Shingo just beneath that as well. You know, there was there's there was good, you know, good matchups throughout the tournament there really to 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 watch. So again, I think if you if you pick and choose as well, there's there's, there's a few uh, few good bits there that you can you can catch up on and maybe uh, get a bit more positive about New Japan outside of the uh, Osprey situation. Well, we are with two weeks away from uh, Secure Genesis, which is the next big show. Um, they really are like these shows are like. There's one match worth watching, and it's just undercard multi-mans. Like they're stretching themselves so so thin. I wonder what's going to go on the undercard of that. Um, but yeah, that's fourth of April. So got that to look forward. We got another shitload of row two shows in the meantime. Um, yeah, let's see how they fucking can- baseball stadiums coming up in a couple of months. 
Mate, good luck to them. Good luck to them. So yeah. back in the but uh, moving on, I suppose. And again, you know, we're, we're throwing, we had we had a lot of subjects today, and it was a it was a struggle to figure out what goes first and last. You know who's going fucking last? Those cunts in Stanford. We're going to NWA. Yeah, yeah lads, we'll good. You can wait for you. You're getting your, your you'll get your fiend burial, everyone. It's coming soon. This will be quick anyway. There's not a huge amount to say, but you know what? I think I, I want to go positive first before we go negative again. Um, I watched mm. NWA's uh, Back to the Attack show uh, at the weekend. It was, you know what? I had a good time watching it. It was absolutely not a twenty-pound show. Like I will say that, no, um, in any way. Um, <laughs> yes, read into that how you will. But it was, it was, you know, it's NWA though. You know, I think maybe you forget a little bit. Like you know, it was, it's never. You know, you always said yourself, Gareth. It almost felt mean putting them on grapple because these NWA matches aren't going to particularly do well in a in a star-rating world. And this pay-per-view is no different. You know, you, you go through that card and, you know, you get the Pope on the fucking undercard who actually had one of the better matches. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you've got Thunder Rose is in there, but she's in there with a Camille. You've got, you know, Trevor Murdoch's in there, but he's in there with a Chris Masters. <laughs> There's always going to be a ceiling on this, isn't the JP, from like an in-ring point of view. But I can't oh, say, yeah. other than the problematic people that were on the card that kind of took me out of it a little bit, I can't say I didn't have a good time, you know, overall watching it. It was a two-hour show, easy watch, and really, for me, you know, we can touch on those undercard matches if you like in a second, but for me, it was really a one-match show. It was about Nick Aldis and Aaron Stevens. Yep. Um, it was purely about, you know, the the death of, uh, of uh, what was his name? Josephus um, as the character. Who uh, played the question Josephus. Mark. Josephus. Joseph Hudson. Yeah. Joseph Hudson, who played the, the question mark. You know, it was a it was a feel-good main event, to be honest. It kind of, like, after a, a weekend where I'd been feeling particularly negative, and actually, later on that night, I'd feel even more negative with this WWE pay-per-view, but this was the lead-in, and I went in in a particularly, you know, nice mood um, from watching it. I thought they did a really classy job um, of dropping the comedy with, you know, Aaron Stevens, for people who don't know, is the uh, the former, um, I was going to say Aiden English then, uh, what's his name? Um Damien Sandow. Damien Sandow. Sorry, I don't know why I couldn't remember that. The, the, the former Damien Sandow, who did a lot of Damien Sandow-esque comedy with Question Mark, who was like his little sidekick. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, a few weeks ago, he uh, he did pass. Um, so this match became about, you know, and I think it was dealt with in a classy way. You know, Aaron Stevens being a straight-laced babyface, wanting to get the win for his friend, you know, even to a point, you know, cutting a tearful promo to you know dedicating the match to, to you know to his to his friend's family and they went out there and i thought he did a really good bit of business i think nick aldous is also like again the ceiling's like three and a half stars and that's what i gave this match but he's very good at walking that line and doing that old school nwa am i a heel am i a baby face kind of performance on top he comes across very very like territory rick flair um and that he's sometimes going to get cheers but he'll lean into the heel side when he needs to um i thought he was fantastic in the match um the structure of the match was great i bought on the near falls uh with aaron stevens there like i genuinely thought at moments like you know what this would be a nice thing to do give him the win and do the moment you can always put the belt back on elders eventually instead you know they went the route of aldous won by roll up which again was the perfect finish really you don't want him to go over too strong in a match like this and you know at the end of the match mm. it, it almost didn't really matter they had a nice moment in the ring where they brought the whole roster out brought out um 
question mark wife and you know they stood in the ring and held up the uh what, what's the flag jp it's the flag of is it mongrovia mongrovia i was gonna say Kukrova, yeah. Then yeah, i think that's a bar uh mongrovia yeah where he, he was like the uh, this this sensei um of this uh this hidden martial art and it was it was it was a highlight of the tv shows you know last year it's like a bit of a comedy bit and um, but they held up that flag Crowd they, loved did the pose. They? they did oh it was really really over like on a on a genuine you know damien misdow like level uh, at least you no know, in the nwa environment but no i thought it was great you're right jp as well the crowd here it felt like there was about 10 of them but fuck me did they make noise they were brilliant like they they gave a lot of atmosphere to this main event and all in all it was just a nice scene yeah it was because they didn't do what they had normally with the studio where all those those like kind of stalls that they would have pulled out yeah. from the the wall they had them back so they had like it would have only been about what well, certainly less than about 20 odd people fuck me they went for it in terms of making some noise they really really wanted to love the show yeah and to make it come across as good as they can and they kind of did their absolute most in terms of helping the crowd out and and that main event was kind of like it, it i mean the beauty of a lot of the nwa stuff has basically been the simplicity and the kind of throwback and knowing what it is and how to do it. And Nick Aldis is the perfect champion for them yeah. on a bigger level. No, there becomes work rate week to week, storytelling storyline stuff. But this was really, it was, it was a lovely throwback of a match. And like you, I went three and a half and I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that the promo from Stevens before yeah. was like, obviously it was kind of emotional and heartfelt, but it was like really, I thought it was it was great. Um, the stuff with Austin Idol before the match could fucking go away. He just wouldn't shut up. It's yeah, just he's awful. Bad. He's bad, mm. like, actively bad. And I think at one point he forgot he's supposed to be supporting Aaron Stevens, and he started going about his relationship with Nick Aldis. And it's just like I was there going, "Is this man going to fe- feature in like factor into old the man getting himself over?" That's all it was. It really was. Mm. Yeah. It was, I'm big in Memphis and I'm an arsehole. So I'm going to get myself out for a couple of hours. <laughs> um, yeah. I just couldn't be dealing with that stuff. But this as a match was just kind of wrestled in a kind of old school, no fuss way that it is. I don't think it went more than like 15 minutes. So it was like a kind of easy watch as well. Um, and that's what, that's what these cards are. I mean, this would have been better suited to being free on YouTube really as a kind of calling card to get, to get people back in that's what this would have been better as not as a pay-per-view no as a pay-per-view no just like nowhere near it if you were going to do a pay-per-view that's when you get your contacts with AEW and you get a couple of people in um yeah. I'm I'm also thinking as well that the fact that Thunder Rosa lost to Camille is I thought you that. never see it these days. Mm. old school doing a job on the way out, getting Camille over. She's going to be there. Camille looked good as well. That, Camille I was just going look- to ask you, how was that match? Because obviously I like, uh, you know, I love a bit of Thunder Rosa, but I always thought Camille came across great on the, you know, the previous NWA stuff. So I was quite curious to see how she clicked in ring with, with Rosa. Got presence, hasn't she, JP? Yeah, she's got real presence. Mm. Um, the fact that she's kind of over with that kind of is very limited crowd, but within that environment, she's kind of over as well, and it works. She just needs to work with some more experienced women. So, like Serena Deeb being there is very good, but that's that's one of the things where you want to get like a few kind of experienced people in there with with her to work with. Mm. But there's something there, yeah. But like, and I think she's she's quite young as well. So, yeah. Uh, and she's always been the way she's 
played and been presented is has always been something you know entertaining even when you've got joe galley trying to hassle her for kind of comments talking about him being a journalist which <laughs> i just kind of love that throwback stuff mm. and oh by the way can i say as well on commentary tim storm is fucking great he was good i thought i thought he was a cracking comment i was wondering who they're gonna have on there this bloke mm. my god like not only has he just completely outperformed how he he should have done like when he had his feud with all this and stuff like that and as a character on them if they're just getting him in mm-hmm. to do predominantly commentary and then the odd match from time to time against some young upstart heel all down with this like here is so a guy like you know i believe everywhere his wrestling like- life has begun at 50 he really fucking has mm. No, they, they were a highlight but, um, for me, to be honest. Because who's the other commentator that he didn't bring back? You know, the dude who's uh, oh, what's his name? He's got like the, gla- the the dude with the glasses and the black hair. He's a bit. He's like yeah. an older guy. That guy I can't remember his name. He was very good on the previous season, but I met, I saw him do a a tweet saying that they're, uh, they're not they weren't bringing him back. I'm, Dave Marquez. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. He's like an old school NWA guy, isn't he? Although I'm pretty sure there was some... oh, championship wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, Dave Marquez. Yeah, yeah. Hey. that's his name. Yeah, I don't forget. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was very good too. And you know, Sean Mooney was good in the spots they used them in too. But it felt like a bit like, okay, lads, we've only got so much budget here. Let's put Tim Storm in the role and. He excelled, to be honest. Like, so yeah, if he's going to be there anyway, you might as well, might as well use him in that spot. And um, you could always bring Elton Aldis or somebody and get them do guest commentary. Um, yeah, it, it felt a little bit in in some ways like a, a little bit like that. It's always been a tight budget the NWA, but you could even see it at the NJP. You know, when they had like the big, the nice moment with the whole roster out. They're like ten people. <laughs> it wasn't like it's not a it's not a big crew. This, um, but yeah, I was going to ask. Did you did you have any other highlights from the show? Like I went on oh, no, the women's match. I, I went three point two five on it, but I, I so, three and a half on the on the grapple app again. Fine for a women's match. Fine again for for Camille out there who you know she does look relatively inexperienced. You know, Thunder Rosa did a hell of a job with her. Um, you know, I don't like him as a human being, but Pope Tom Latimer was probably the the second best men's match on the card. Yep. Um, I don't want to throw too too much uh, too many roses at it, but it was a you know a decent match, and I thought Pope. I made jokes about the fact that he's what how many years ago was it? He was in ECW, WWE, ECW with CM Punk doing that whole feud with the new breed. 15? 16, maybe 15, 16 years ago. Um, he actually looked all right, you know. He felt like he turned the, uh, the the clock back a little bit, and he is a again decent promo. It's the land of the promos, NWA, mm-hmm. isn't it? So I thought he did a you know a decent job in that match as well. Um, J.R. Kratos, Titus, Tyrus, you know, I don't particularly want to see Tyrus considering the you know, the allegations yeah. against him in 2021. I don't see the upside. I said this on, on on our Friday news show. Like, for me, if you if you are going to the lengths of getting rid of a Dave Lagana, who is the, you know, the, the guy who's pretty much behind this stuff because of allegations against him, don't then bring in Tyrus. Like, he's not worth it. It's Tyrus. Like, what a, what a complete waste of, waste of absolute time. And he looked terrible in the match. He looked blown up. You know, a couple of minutes in, and he was blowing spots. And you know, I like Jr. Kratos, but he wasn't carrying him to anything more interesting. So I thought, yeah, I thought that was a bit of a, a, a mm. negative on the undercard as well. But you know, uh, do you have any thoughts on those matches, JP? Oh, not really on those particular ones. Other than I will say that the uh, Chris Adonis versus uh, uh, Trevor Murdoch, I've seen worse. Chris Adonis slash Chris Masters matches. Hey, he was a legend before. on Superstars in the mid 2000s, JP. That's what all the messages. Yeah, he really was. Him and Mark Henry, and Trevor, the real work race. And, and, and Trevor Murdoch is kind of perfect for that as well. I'm, what I'm guided about is I miss the opener. 
and oh, I missed Slice Boogie. <laughs> Slice Boogie. Mate, he was a wrestler in tights. There was nothing going on. <laughs> I'm fucking name's gutted. better than the wrestler. <laughs> I, I had these wacky ideas in my head when I said his name that he was mm. just going to come out, I don't know, and he was going to be doing like, you know, slice of lemon, zesty, <laughs> bit of a dancing, disco stew type jacket on. None of that. Nah, bloke just, in trunks. Just a bloke made of tights, yeah. That's all it was. Fuck Not much going on. Um But yeah, yeah, it's an NWA undercard, isn't it? And I agree with you yeah. know, what you've said in the past. I would, I hope when they come back and do more shows, you know, the TV's starting this week. Um, I think it's tomorrow. Um, they they need to lean into that AW relationship, get some money back for the for, the, for what they've given AW with Thunder Rose. And I feel like the road one, you know, even if it's like lower level mm-hmm. guys like Brian Pillman Jr. and Jelly Janela and, you know, like you know, there's a couple of the tag teams that they don't use much that, that end up getting shoved over to AW Dark and Elevation, like give them a run in NWA, for God's sake, it'd benefit everyone. Yeah, don't be don't be a twat. Don't give him Janella. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good for Janella though. We could lay it out to like work, you know. Give him a fucking give him a break. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be cool, Joey Janella. Honestly, like he's just a fucking geek now. Th- thinks he's. I saw somebody say this on Twitter today. He thinks he's a good wrestler now, and that's the problem because he's not in any way. Uh, but NWA, they really could do a job with him, you know. Mold him with that system. Nah, so, so, Serious point, though, all them guys there that are on the dark, you know, so many of those that are, you know, again, just having that walkster environment for them to work with, and especially where they've got some guys here who, you know, they might not necessarily be, you know, they're not going to be there pulling out like five-star matches um, anymore, but the guys who've been around the world and have been there and done it for years, you know, you like your Trevor Murdoch's, even your Chris Masters and people like that, they've, mm-hmm. you know, as well as been in, in the big time, they're, they're people who've worked indie shows forever and ever and ever, your Aaron Stevens and things like that, just getting them, you know, working with them on promos, you know, talking to them on those you know, you know those levels as well getting them to work on you know with it been so heavily interview based and things like that it could just it's be a real good like you know not not necessarily a finishing school but certainly like a development school for for so many of those younger talents just to be get get the opportunity here and it would make you make you want to watch it yeah, totally, yeah. Totally. It, it becomes bizarrely the nwa becomes a territory which is kind of the point of it not really it's not a territory it's a combination of them but that's what it is it's the territory you go to and you learn to work tv it's effectively memphis mm. it's really kind of what it is yeah, definitely yeah and i think I, again i think that relationship could uh could be made better work of and again yeah you know i'd caution them against doing it i, I can't imagine the numbers were great for this as a 20 dollar pay-per-view on fight but you know maybe that maybe there was some apparently it was on virgin media as well they kept saying that during the broadcast i don't know what you needed to do on virgin media to get it but yeah apparently oh. so uh, if anyone did uh, get it's it access to my brother's virgin media there in, we go i watched six nations it's irish it's irish virgin media so <laughs> Yeah, no, no need for watching. Something called Dining with the Enemy is on that as well. <laughs> well they just appear to get people who hate each other to have dinner together. So, good one, too. <laughs> that, you know what, though? Better one, too, than what I did on Sunday night <laughs> after I watched NWA. I, uh, yeah, decided. I even. I even, lads, I bought the network for a month because I thought, you know what, it's WrestleMania coming up, I'm going to need it. Um, and I got it to watch fucking Fastlane, uh, is what I did. Look, 
It was an 11 p.m. show on a Sunday brum, night. Brum. Like, yeah, 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 to quote Alonso, yeah. Like, look, WWE pay view at 11 on a Sunday. I'm going to watch it just because, I, even just for like the to follow along on Twitter and to wind up some Seth Rollins fans, which is pretty much what I ended up doing on Sunday night um, to amuse myself. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, again, this feels like the pay per view they threw in just because they've signed this Peacock deal and they need to. You know, need needs maybe it was the buffer pay per view to to test out how the Peacock streaming service works. And spoilers, I believe it didn't work particularly well. I saw a lot of journos uh, on Twitter complaining they couldn't rewind or pause um, this pay per view watching it on Peacock. Imagine such things in a Good. in twenty twenty one. This was a show though you'd want to fast forward um, <laughs> rather than rewind. I can't say I had any particular highlights. Um, <laughs> maybe the main event um, overbooked as it was. A shit show, really, from start to finish for me, this show. It reminded me why I don't enjoy WWE's product in in so many ways. And the number one way, probably, um, that is the headline coming off the show, is lads, uh, The Fiend is back. Uh, I'm sure we're all excited. I'm sure we all knew he'd been gone for three months, uh, but apparently he's back. <laughs> and yeah, aside from my uh, little cousin that I mentioned on the previous show, he's uh, the biggest Fiend fan in the world. I don't know for what reason, but yeah, for some reason, him and all them Mark Janos you follow on Twitter all seem to fucking love the Fiend and think this stuff's a, a work of absolute genius. Uh, yeah, we mentioned Intergender earlier, and WWE had their version of Intergender on this show with uh, yeah, the Fiend putting an appearance in that five minute Alexa Bliss Randy Orton classic that I gave 0.25 stars on Grapple and I feel dirty for even giving it that um, yes this is WWE in 2021 you're a, one of your biggest stars Randy Orton goes out there on, on Twitter and kicks off at Soldier Boy for saying wrestling's fake and then all of a sudden he's on this pay-per-view squirting goo out of his mouth and doing fire spots and getting dragged under the ring by a burnt piece of shit that the, the Fiend looked like it was utter everything about this match was a turd not just the uh, the costume that the uh, that Bray Wyatt was wearing wearing uh, this oh. is the uh, not the highlights of the show but the, uh, the, the probably the most newsworthy elements of the show I would say have you both seen it it was I've seen it Some of it. Um, <laughs> it was I yeah yeah this was anything I saw of this show, it just felt like, oh, they've regressed because they're approaching WrestleMania and Vince is heavily involved at this point <laughs> for it. But the the Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton stuff was... Uh, I mean, it, A, the Fiend costume is just now like... The, it just is basically a jazzed-up Ron Reese in a Yeti costume <laughs> just with lots of fucking green on it basically yep like just a shit toxic avenger and like he's not coming through going oh the old windham rotunda he's back again um getting getting into the ring the fact it was the cinematic stuff so randy orton like ran at her and then it cuts to like a load of flames coming up and i'm just there going i said to my son it's like it's this stuff that has always kind of like if it was on and just in whatever room and this stuff started appearing on a TV, I'd be pretending like I don't know anything about wrestling. Mm. Just be like, but I don't know what that is. That looks like absolute shit to me. Just walk away. Just like I'm denying all knowledge of this because it's that fucking embarrassing. I've been reading about this in the daily updates on Tuesdays now for the for the last few weeks and the build up to this feud. So it's the first time that I saw any of it for myself. And my God, like it. I'm fearing we're going to get a cinematic match 
which dives into Randy Orton's past. <laughs> which, if he's got a bit where he's shitting into a bag, all right, this could be fun if we're going to go and butcher him down that and display what a prick he is in like some of the earlier years and stuff like that. Soldier Boy comes out in some weird fucking cameo and you go, all right, they just did some mad fever dream thing like I did with Cena last year. Mm. But this is... This is like the worst kind of horror writing, this. Mm. The worst. And that look, I'm sorry, Harley Quinn has a lot to fucking answer for. <laughs> but that relentless look that just seems to never be out of existence. I never want to see it ever again. Mm. It's just the worst, worst evil shit that has, has just been, oh, it's just awful. And you know Vince is loving it. And it's just like, oh my god, this exists because of this fucking loon mm-hmm. over here. Whereas anyone else with the brand go, well, what the f- what? How does this relate to wrestling? Mm-hmm. When it's it's very clear that like Alexa Bliss and the son of Mike Rotunda are not conjuring up demons and fucking spirits. Right? <laughs> I'm not believing it. I sound like Joe, and I've always been with him on this. When you do that supernatural shit, you lose me, yeah? Because they're not doing supernatural shit when they were doing drills in OVW. Oh, <laughs> like practicing black magic at a fucking basic level as they went through the performance center mm-hmm. to get to this point. It's just fucking dog shit. Like, yeah. Steve, what, did, did Steve Kern teach him this when he was training him? I doubt it. Like, just a waste of... And they're going back to a Mania match between two people who, the last time they had a match, what I remember is, A, how incredibly boring it was, and B, the worms on the ring. And they (laughs) thought, well, we're going back to that, and we're going back to it in a featured way with a bit of a storyline. Man, they're fucked. Mm -hmm. They are fucked, like, creatively. And they got fuck all else to sell now. Yeah. But it also just... This show kind of really brought in the kind of sheer horror of their situation, Mm. all these people, and you're interested in none of them. It's just like fucking bollocks. And the matches they're going to, like even that main event, like the the, the match they should be going to for Mania is just Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. It's just clearly by far and away the most interesting thing. And they kind of ruin it by having fucking Edge out there looking 115. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the thing like I, i'm so glad you know this is last because we're not going to do podcast we'll watch the paper every now and then to laugh at it but like what made me laugh was like the the journos who, who, almost, who obviously have to cover this stuff they're so desperate to find something that they like about it that like you've literally got people writing like essays on how oh the fiend stuff was such great story progression it was so oh you know the fiend went away and then they had the patience to keep him away for three months and then he came back and there was character development there because now he looked like a burn piece of fucking turd rather than just the the general turd that he used to look at like in the past so you know this is good stuff this has changed and it's like how low are your standards if you think this is like yeah this is great storytelling or this is there's any depth to this whatsoever like oh you've got to go in with just your expectations have got to be at the floor I mean, I just at the end of that match, I just wanted to like go and fucking sharpen a spoon and just like scoop my fucking eyeballs out of my head because it was just like the like I was just thinking, why am I wasting my life like 
watching this like it was as well as like the ridiculous stuff that you've like referenced there but just stuff like even like we talk about like the dialogue and the dialogue that they build into it and like you know alexa looking at the sky and the lighting rig drops from the sky and like randy orton says like are you trying to kill me and you're like well she's just fucking fired fire at you mate and so we're like i reckon there's a fucking fair chance that she's uh that she's not trying to be a best pal and then like and then she does fire some fireballs at him like out of her fucking hands and then mm. like the commentators go like oh i think orton blocked that one just barely or something and you're like he blocked fireballs like what, what is this where is this where we fucking at is it is this like wrestling and then like like honestly like Right, this isn't a bit. <laughs> why are we even? Why are we even covering this? I like, I was just like sitting there at the end, and I was thinking, other than the pure enjoyment of shitting on it, like legitimately, like I literally couldn't care less about any of this. And I'm like there trying to watch it before and watch some of the matches, and I'm, I'm just thinking like. It's just absolutely, it's not wrestling. Mm. It's absolutely not for us. Like, mm. nothing about this is going to be appealing to us in any single way at all. Like, when you I told once, like, they're, not tra- they're not trying to appeal to us, are they? Gareth, I'm sure you were talking well, about A certain Mr. J- James Mans um, told me um, <laughs> told me one time that, yes, it's the WWE product isn't for, uh, isn't for people like me and you. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you go? Who's this for? Why, Mr. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, who the, who the fuck is this for? But who like, wants to see Bigfoot's dick coming through the ring? <laughs> like, really? What the fuck is this? The most ridiculous thing in the world, honestly. Just. <laughs> oh. I'm just like, literally, literally this morning, like, I honestly had, I, I had no, I, like, sorry, I didn't listen to your weekend update, too. I, had, uh, I, had, I was too busy and never got what? around to it. And I didn't want spoilers for the uh, New <laughs> Japan Cup or anything like that. So I haven't, I haven't uh, caught up on that one yet. I will oh. listen to it because I'm, I'm a completist. Uh, oh, but I literally opened Twitter this morning. And saw that Fastlane had been on last night, and like, ah, oh, what, what a blow it was to me knowing that we were recording a podcast tonight, <laughs> and I knew that I was going to have to find some time in my life today to even scrape an hour and watch like three matches or something like that. And of the three matches that I did watch, like, I watched that Seth Rollins Nakamura match, which, like, fucking give me back that time of my life again like just <laughs> like what what the what is what is the point i just don't i don't understand that there's there's literally two people there one of whom people try and have you believe can wrestle one of them used to be able to wrestle and clearly doesn't give a fuck now and just going out there and just going through the motions and you know trying you know putting on something that some people would be trying to tell you is absolutely fantastic and it's just like bang average and dull and just boring and like even that main event like you know i gave it three and a half which i suppose in theory is a good rating kind of thing three and a half out of five for a match but it's it's daniel bryan in a match there and like it's roman reigns who i do like and it was just like Again, I saw on Twitter people were treating that like it was some fucking outstanding mega match, you know. Like I even like look at the average rating on Grapple. I don't know where it is now, but like when I first looked at it this morning, it was like averaging out at like a four star match. Like fuck, like this is the best you can do. One match away from WrestleMania, you've got your biggest character in Roman Reigns in there, and you've got Daniel Bryan working with him, like. 
like fuck like mm. i just i, I gave it on I, I, I was like thinking i was like if we were like wanting to be like a credible music podcast we wouldn't be there covering fucking britney spears or wet 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 or whoever you know sorry for my dated <laughs> old man references of 1990s pop but we wouldn't be doing it if it was tv we wouldn't be credibly talking about fucking Towie. mrs brown's boys or something like that do you know what i mean just because it's a it's a popular i'm just like I just, I just don't I don't want to watch this or talk about it. And it's the well, biggest the good news is, mate. in the, wo- the biggest show of the year in the world. <laughs> exactly. And you're just like <laughs> fucking hell. Like, I know. Oh. It, it's it's one of them though, isn't it? It's like it's like you know we did a non-league <laughs> podcast. You, you, the Premier League still exists. So you kind of got to acknowledge it, but like, I know what you mean. Like we could, we Do could, we? So, yeah, we could just never cover it ever again. Um, but yeah, that. I, I mean, I, I, I'll watch this out of like just something to do on a Sunday night. And to be honest, I spent most of me like winding up Seth Rollins fans on Twitter, and I completely with you there. I get Gareth on him, fucking the most, surely the most average wrestler that's ever been allegedly great of all time that people pretend there's like some super worker in that Daniel Bryan vein. He's not. He's in the Randy Orton vein. He's he's Mr. Yeah. fucking three stars is what he is. He's he's yeah. just there. He's another yeah. like that's a man who has never been handed a script that he said no to. Like like I said, yeah. horrific promo, horrific unlikable baby face, horrific whiny shit heel, three star matches. Like what is even the point? That Seth Rollins sums up WWE. He sums up twenty one WWE for me the the mediocrity of it all. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's it. Like I, I got some enjoyment out of Brian and Roman, but totally get what you mean. You know, there should be a higher ceiling for that. Um, with mm-hmm. you know, with, with the with the performers involved, you got one of the best baby faces of all time against a really good heel. You know, given the system he's in, um, should be better. Um, but do you give that one, JP? You were three and a half on that one as well. I was three and a half on that one, and I like I just hated the distraction of the kind of edge stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it going. If you're coming back as a, in a crowd with a crowd, and you want to have that kind of big WrestleMania main event match, you want to do for that first night in front of twenty nine thousand people, or however many they're allowed to get in. If you just had Brian versus Roman, you'd be able to have the dynamics that you kind of want for it. Mm. And I think the issue is, I think they might well have realized if you have Edge versus Roman, that crowd would be cheering on Roman, ironically, Mm. after all of this time, because he's infinitely more interesting than Edge. And only Daniel Bryan is going to be able to kind of get that kind of heel reaction, frankly. Mm. Feels like WrestleMania 30 all over again. Is it 30 when he won it, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He has that kind of bizarre vibe to it as well with, with that. And isn't he going in the Hall of Fame? As I well, think that was a false thing. rumor, you know. I think it was like he got put in like is the it? Hall of Fame section on the network. Apparently, that's not true. Oh, that's what I what I read today. Um, okay, but yeah, but it's but yeah, th- this match, which could be great given the time and the kind of stature for it, and both of them being up for it in front of that kind of big crowd, that'd be really good. It'd just be like they delivered a really good WrestleMania main event. Instead, like. It's it's gonna be three way bollocks, and in this match, it was all about like your fucking man Skeletor on the outside, and, and he's gonna get booed out that building. You know, they they better be careful get what booed they wish for having fans in a building. His fucking return to WWE has been stillborn. Like I complain about Christian, nowhere near as bad as Edge. Like it just 
awful. Like, or if they are lucky, they haven't got crowds because he would be getting he'd be getting Batista out of the building. I saw him on SmackDown this week in his baby blues yeah. as well, literally channeling Batista seven years ago. Like, and, oh. and we're not even meant like the other stuff that was like kind of on and around this show as well. Like the fact they broke up Retribution, like mm. they broke up uh, Vince's Antifa, mm. um, for like no. Just it's just a litany of like creative failures when you yeah. look throughout the card of all these people. So you see a big E who should be in the position of being like at the top of the cards, and he isn't. He's in a feud with Apollo Cruz, who apparently he's beaten four times in a row and beats him again. And yet it's meant to build to something. It's like what sixth time lucky? Is this what we're going for here? It's like this is this fucking it just appears to be this is what happens. If you if if WCW had the money, just endless money and time water went, nope, just carry on as you are, lads. We don't care. This is how it would be. This is what happens if you just have that kind of infinite level of money. Like there's just the creative bankruptcy across the board. I think I enjoyed the old spice commercial that I saw completely <laughs> by accident. I saw oh, yeah, the roll up. <laughs> like oh, we're wrong as going. much as uh, like what a damning indictment that is. And also, when you talk about the, the Alexa Bliss match, I won't rate it. That's my zero star rating. I, I, I don't even want to degrade my thumbprint with like <laughs> having to press a fucking button. For it. Can we get an all point not one, Gareth? Like, that mathematically works. <laughs> I should be it's a right. dud. Dud, yeah, the dud, the dud button. I want a dud button. I want a big button that's like a red like thumb going down. Just dud. <laughs> or like a piece of shit. Or just a picture of the fiend. Uh, <laughs> that's what I want. Um, yeah, I mean, I, to run like the rest of the... Like I say, I'm, I'm sorry. I watched this and it feels like it's... it's I've, now, I've now encouraged you to, to, to watch this. You really didn't need to. Um, like, I, as far as the actual show goes, Bra- Braun Strowman and Shane was the thing that, that hooked me in as well as that main event. Fucking... WWE bullshit. Shane allegedly has a, a leg injury. They take him out of the match. Typical oh, fucking WWE. The video was funny when he when he's tra- yes. he was training before the show and doing a bit of a, a Shane McMahon like boxer size session and uh, slips knee. on his ankle. He was trying to do jumping knees. <laughs> that was it. it was a jumping like knee. he's fucking Vandalay Silver and Pride <laughs> or something. He's just. Oh. I did watch that because you sent that screen grab JP so I had the yeah. timestamp on it and I thought oh well I've got to I, I will yeah. rewind and watch Shane uh, with his uh, getting his uh, Muay Thai on but uh, fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's still hilarious though Shane honestly I, still, I had high hopes for that Braun's drama match they'll probably do that on Mania now instead there you go yeah. there's a hook to watch that um, yeah that was like Braun squashing Elias like I've got no time in my life for that the three minutes I spent watching is it, is it going to be like Bloodsport then is, it, is Shane going to be what was Shane's Raw fucking blood sport? Is it going to be like a is it going to be a WrestleMania Underground and we get a can we do slap fight style that? Shane versus <laughs> Braun? <laughs> Braun would be good at slap fights. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, would he? Shane wouldn't with those punches. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh. Um, <laughs> there you go. I'm more interested. He's than been unofficially ever. practicing slap fighting for years, hasn't he? With those <laughs> fucking fists. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that had nothing to say. Biggie and Apollo Cruz like was only notable for the hilarious finish where somebody fucked up somewhere. Yeah, where they were going for like a 
double pin roll up type of thing where Apollo's shoulders but or Biggie's shoulders were down and they shouldn't be. It was a whole fucking shit show. The Apollo Crews gimmick, you know. We we can't get on our high horse about doing dodgy accents at this point, thanks to JP, but it's a bad fucking gimmick. Um awful. Um borderline offensive. <laughs> Similar to our podcast last week. Um that was bad. <laughs> Um, Seth and Shinsuke, as we say, bang average. Drew and Sheamus, I'm sorry, that was for me the like I said that that was the BT Bus Invitational. That that's two lads who, you know, I'm nowhere near as low on Drew as you are, Gareth. But that's two lads who fuck me to our to our great and good Brit Res Janos trying to pretend they're something they're not. Like who wants to see a fucking Sheamus match in 2021? People tell me he's been doing good work recently. I don't care. It's Sheamus. He's been around <laughs> for fucking 27 years. They were show they showed Irish with wrestling footage before this match. That was the blown highlight. Get to see that um, from like the old wrestling channel days um, <laughs> Drew put some fucking face paint on pretended he was Braveheart and they they proudly hit each other with kendo sticks in a shitty WWE hardcore match and it was all so they could post photos on Twitter of themselves with little, little wounds on the back it was fucking pathetic, shite guessing you didn't watch it Gareth, you would have fucking hated it um, yeah I, do you know, I, I when skipping through it, I like saw the end of this which has that slow mo thing of him doing a big thigh slap as well when he does his kick. Oh yeah, no, like fucking that. close up in slow mo as well. Mm. I wonder why I had chalk there. Like I, so I wondered why. I was like, "What fuck's happened there? Is he mm-hmm. gone underneath the ring and think I need a bit of a pep boost, <laughs> fucking Gino Hernandez style under the ring or something?" That is what he's going for. I did. I did wonder. I thought, did he? Did he fucking do some sort of gimmick with the fucking powder and salt in the face? Like, where, where's this coming? Is Mr. Fuji come back? Like, <laughs> what? That kind of nonsense. And then he just pointed at the sign, which was a thing that people were doing All in right. a non-ironic way. Bianca Belair, like, I mentioned there, yeah, she was doing that. She got she got turned on by Sasha Banks because, of course, they've got to do the tag team champions that don't get a long gimmick. And instead of going for, the, for revenge, she just points at the sign. Just leave Sasha standing there. <laughs> I'm going to get you at WrestleMania. Good slap from Sasha. That's some slap fight worthy stuff, to be fair. She'd been watching Zales. <laughs> yeah, so at least we got that. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, Bliss Orton awful and Reigns Brian. Some good work there in the early stages, but when it got to the stupid overbooked WWE nonsense to, to turn edge, you know, because they have to turn edge um, and set up this three-way because, again, their booking has failed. It was just over, overblown, overbought nonsense for me. So yeah, um, I can't tell the end of that match where da- the end oh. of that match where Daniel Bryan got hit with a fucking chair, and then I timed it one whole minute later. He like leaned over and got pinned. Did he? I was like, when was the time you seen someone get hit with a chair, and then like a minute later they're they're unable to kick out? I was just like, lame. Not a chair, but if sorry, sounds very triple that was the least of my worries. Like, but like <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I, I was thinking, like, obviously he kicks out here, kind of, th- and then he didn't. And I was like, really? Like, you know, you've you've waited a whole minute for this referee to come, and you're just lying there, like, odd. Yeah, odd stuff. <laughs> that's this company right now, and lads, we're on the road to WrestleMania, so you know that's coming up in what two weeks? <laughs> like two weeks on this weekend? Christ, what's what's the cards? That's the big question. Only they know. There's a three-way yeah, on it's... top. That's all we know right now. Bianca yeah. and uh... and the other, and the other match is a is a TNA uh, pay-per-view main event from 2015 or 2014, isn't it? Oh yeah, um, Drew Bob, and uh, Bobby, Lashley Bobby Lashley and Drew. 
<laughs> you're gonna gonna go back and watch the well, 20 he's off the Bolivian marching powder by then considering <laughs> sorry this is potentially libelous stuff <laughs> uh, speaking of which Rian's mentioned yeah we might get Shane to jump off the pirate ship you know at least at least there's that um, fuck. two <laughs> days of it lads coming up get ready can that be shall that be our going out party our last WWE coverage we ever do until until Vince dies we'll just go out yeah. on Wrestlemania <laughs> Oh yeah. If, if we if we get Paul Birchill swinging off that pirate ship, then I'm fucking in. But like, if yeah. uh, that's the, that's the only pirate ship based activity I want the uh, the return of the return of Paul Birchill. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't think we're uh, I don't think we're getting that. But like, I'm just thinking like I've taken the day off. Like, I'm thinking I've wasted a day's <laughs> holiday here on the Monday, so you know, so I, can, so I can watch this dog shit live. Like. <laughs> What am I doing with my life? Things we do for our patrons, <laughs> mate. <laughs> so, uh, as Sean said in the chat, there are six mm. WWE shows many weeks, so it's not even just that. Two takeovers, a Hall of Fame, NXT UK. Oh, yeah. What are we? And how many genuinely fresh, exciting matchups are they going to put on over that period? Rampage Brown and Walter. Less- That's the one. That's the match. Less, less than, less than how many fingers you'd have on one hand. <laughs> I bet, yeah, that ends up being it's on NXT fucking UK, and it ends up being the WrestleMania, the match of WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Walter and Rampage. Are they, are they actually doing a, an NXT UK show? Yeah, yeah not, a, not a, a, a no, like a non- WrestleMania. No, uh, here, yeah, but on the Thursday, NXT UK prelude, the call in it. Um, I've already made and two nights of NXT. Two nights of mania. Mm. Obviously, the Hall of Fame I'll be ignoring. Mm. Like, I've got no interest in that. Sean, I'd Unless Kevin Nash that. turns up or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And the roar after WrestleMania, you know, always a big night. You know, it's back down on Friday. It stopped being that quite some time ago, didn't it? It really did. It really did. It really did. Sharpen my spoons. Uh-huh. I remember being in the States for the one. Um, the X-Pac came out night after WrestleMania when he came out on Raw mm. with Degeneration X. That was fucking awesome. Mm. So I'd literally flown out and then arrived at my cousin's and then I stayed up slightly jet lagged watching this. First time I'd ever watched like sort of Raw and Nitro. I had a chance to flip between. I was like, this is... I was like, lucky, <laughs> lucky bastards getting this every fucking Monday night. We had to wait till Friday, JP, and then we had to uh, we had to oh, we had yeah. to prioritise one or the other, and then watch the replay early in the mornings. Still, we always had DSF. We did. I'm just trying to. Uh, Pros even. That's a different conversation for another time. That's it. And DSF's tally text as well was also uh, very useful for uh, when I got my scoops. Just trying to confirm it. Rian's mentioned in the chat that apparently Charlotte Flair tested positive for COVID. I'll probably put some colour to the uh, to uh, missing some uh, WWE TV stuff. Maybe that's uh, where these stories are coming. Really? Mm, Yeah. Makes sense why uh, I don't get much detail. Yeah, but. A lot of that going around right now. Triple H was uh, self-isolating last week. So, yeah. Hate good, luck. To see good luck to the old lads coming in for the Hall of Fame. That's all I'll say. Uh, <laughs> but if you see Hogan, lick him. Um, anywho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like gobbin, lick his, yeah, just gobbing his face. Sorry, that's awful. <laughs> no, deserve it. Uh, and that's that, that's as a man who had a, a six-foot-tall Hogan figure behind him in the past that I've now taken down. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, that's a man who deserves it. Yeah, apparently she tweeted you that. You like the herself. courage of your convictions, Benno. I mean, I, Hulk Hogan is not the uh, the hill that I'm willing to die on, JP, i got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
true. Uh, well, yeah, apparently she tweeted it eight minutes ago, so yeah, that is true about uh, Charlotte Flair. But yeah, I suppose that, that does bring us to the end of the show. Um, lads, mm-hmm. anything else you want, you want to mention uh, before we go? Come in and uh, tie the uh, just under uh, three hours here. Might say. Uh, Throw a little preview of the uh, the Patreon material after this one as well. We'll talk about that after the show. Oh, okay. Int- intriguing. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, other than the stuff, I mean, you mentioned it earlier on, we're going to have the WrestleMania poll up for the patrons of which mania is we're going to gonna have a look uh, uh, have a look at coming into WrestleMania season. We are going to be covering loads of it with fucking loons. Yep. Um, and us. we're going to, yep, that really is us. Um Keep an eye as well. I think Gareth, you're hopefully going to have some future announcements coming up uh, about a couple of things, hopefully, in relation to WrestleMania. Or have I completely jumped the gun on that? I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, you know, <laughs> just, no, with, the, with the, the fight stuff, obviously, with normally oh. like run the affiliate um, links and um, competitions and promo codes and things like that. So obviously, there's a lot of activity going on there with, with fight as, as well. And there may be some other, uh, some other opportunities as well by... Uh, other streaming platforms as well, but we won't uh, we won't say anything about those just right. uh, but just yet. But uh, yeah, just uh, watch the space, and maybe you can help support Grapple by buying through our links, or maybe even getting the chance to win some stuff for now as well. So yeah, oh, keep fantastic. your uh, keep your eyes peeled on uh, oh. Grapple up on Twitter. There you go. Did you ever fly those people out to Jacksonville like I said you would? Do? <laughs> <laughs> Who with that? Uh, they're, they're in a boat. What? What's the point of him as we speak? <laughs> They'll turn up double or nothing. There's a caravan of grapple fans uh, on the way over to America, right? <laughs> I was going to say, do we ever. Smuggled into the States illegally. <laughs> end up getting dropped off in Jacksonville. Here you are, make a new life now. <laughs> I feel more about, about that poor person who, uh, who clearly bought the, revolu- the wrong year's revolution off of my do- dodgy oh. link that I'd left in the show notes for, for an entire year. So if you are that person, again, reach out, let me know. I'll, I'll be willing to refund you if you've got proof of that. Um, God, sorry. Yeah, somebody, 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 somewhere wasted twenty pounds on the wrong year's revolution. Entirely my fault. Grapple bears no responsibility. Good show, um, though. Fucking yeah. great, mate. Yeah, great tag match. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, I was going to say as well. Uh, obviously, if you've gotten this far, you'll have uh, heard it and had no problems. But we have moved uh, podcast subscriber from Podbean over to Red Circle. If you are any of the people left over on uh, on Podbean, just make sure uh, you are going to be getting. Uh, there'll be instructions at the top of this podcast. So. So just make sure you are following those instructions to uh, to get future episodes. Everyone else, yeah, you should be getting it in the normal places, the normal iTunes link, the normal link for all your normal podcast apps. But yeah, Podbean sucks. That's the main reason we left. Um, but anywho, uh, follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. Follow the Grapple app at Grapple app. Gareth Grapple at Gareth. JP at JPJP. We'll be back later in the week with a flashback episode as chosen by our patrons. It's WrestleMania week. So yeah, patrons, look forward to the poll. But yeah, that's it for us for another week. We'll catch you again soon. Bye. See ya. This week on Patreon. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like he was—he was brought up from you know OVW into this role, and 
is um, you know Mark Capani, the guy playing Mohammed Hassan, <laughs> is you know a good Italian American, and um, because he because he because he because he looks slightly mid Middle Eastern or can pass oh. for being Middle Eastern, he's got he's handed the role, which you know oh. it's uh, it's you know already sort of from from the offing. Did you know that at things and, going back before you went uh, back? Because I don't think I I feel like I did, but I think I just assumed he had like you know, grandparents or something from somewhere. Like, I, I didn't realise he was literally just an Italian bloke called Mark. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember from if I knew back in the time or not. I'm certain I probably would have read it online at the at the time. But again, this 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 character even, it's not something that's even, I don't know, penetrated my consciousness that much for the last 10 years. It's certainly not something I'd thought about too much, really, to be honest, until we, again, we started researching things for, for this. And I don't know, it, it kind of adds to the, I don't know, it, it's sort of almost like one of the fascinating elements to me in that you put this guy in this role only three years after 9-11. He's just come up from OVW and essentially he's kind of up for it because he's getting his break on TV and he wants to be a wrestler and I don't know, he's kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit really and in more more ways than one really. It's, yeah, go portray this guy, you know, position position yourself in this way and um, yeah, let's uh, let's get a, get a load of heat off, off, off the back of it and I don't know. You sort of you, you look back on it like with with the eyes from today, and you think like, yeah, how much how much kind of like care and attention was given to this Italian American bloke who potentially, with the climate in America being mm. as you know potentially hostile as it as as it could have been for this type of character when everything's still so raw. I don't know. Is a is a braver the man than me anyway? Taking taking that role on, and he's. And he's doing it at the time when you've kind of said it already, like the backstage machinations that he's up against to the fucking Bob Hollies and the JBLs of the world, the real fucking prick merchants would have seen this guy coming up, trying his absolute best being saddled with this. And it's just like, right, how can we fuck him over in some way, shape or form? So yeah, he's it's what's amazing is how well he's kind of come out of it all. We'll talk about that at the end, yeah. but like how he's managed to kind of just go, do you know what? It was a period of time and the rest of it. I kind of admire him for that, really. I, I, got, I got a real fondness for him, like researching this. He comes across as like yeah. a, a reasonable, decent bloke who sees the whole thing for what it is. Like, And yeah, yeah. he looks to me like, you, you You look at this back, he's got the look, he's got a complete superstar look. Like, And, you know, you know, you mentioned the Pritchard podcast. They, they, they talk about that. He can promo. He's a good-looking lad. You know, apparently he's called Mark mm. Magnus, wasn't he, when he was down in, in, in OVW? But he's and and they say he's an Italian bloke with a heavy New York accent. They don't even have him put on an accent, which surprised me. I'm, I'm shocked that Vince McMahon didn't, unless he was doing one and doing it badly. I didn't think he really. He wasn't like he was putting on like what what they would imagine a mm. Middle Eastern accent was. Um, but he's also like it surprised me looking at back at that as well though like like how did how people fell for it because I can't help but look at him and go that's just an Italian bloke that's just like he, he clearly the reason Davari's yeah. with him is because he clearly doesn't speak any other languages he clearly only speaks English um, oh yeah yeah it's such an odd decision really isn't it like uh, clearly there's something there with them but like yeah for them to go with and, and again like say he comes across so well and well spoken as a as a real human being as well it's so weird that he got that he got saddled with this i mean it's quite it's it's quite an interesting one because 
again, there's there's almost like in the way that his character was first presented, there's almost that certain level of nuance and intelligence almost that you don't kind of necessarily associate with WWE and it's not your stereotypical um I don't know, just he he's your foreign heel angle. Yeah, mm. you know, I think I think as you know, moving on and like the some of them first promos and uh, and things which were shown where he's, um, you know, he's is is in the store or he's you know he's, he's stood outside, you know, the white picket fence in his local neighbourhood and all that side of things. The fact that he kind of he doesn't have an accent and he does just have a, a New York, you know, a, a New York American accent. In in many ways, it kind of almost plays perfectly into the character itself has been this I don't know, holding a mirror up to society and, you know, the whole message that he's coming out with initially of, you know, try, you know, the racism and prejudice that he's experienced and despite actually being an American bloke and, you know, him being a good looking young American you know, a good looking young American essentially. It's it's it, it, it's almost, I don't know, it's almost odd looking back to me how mm. at the start of the character, it was probably a million miles from where it ended up being. But mm. those initial promos were were, were quite mm. clever for the time, I thought. It's a bit of depth to it, isn't it? A bit like, you know, like I'll always like point to the, the whole Sean O'Hare devil's advocate thing. as like, oh, that could have been a heel with a bit of depth. I don't think it ever would have realistically worked. But that's what this is. Like, I think... For the for as one note as this character could be, he and I think this is a lot a lot of it's down to him because he I think he's quite mm. in traveling with Davari and in just, you know, being a reasonable human being. He see he for something that's quite tasteless, getting an Italian bloke to pretend to be, you know, somebody from the Middle East, he is actually quite empathetic to the plight of people that he's talking about. Like and he, he does, he approaches the role, I think, with a bit of depth and a bit of empathy that you wouldn't expect from a from a WW angle in any way. It's not perfect. I think, you know, we I think that the, the the maybe the simplistic, you know, again, I'll stop mentioning Bruce Pritchard, but the simplistic you know, thing that you'll hear on like the Bruce Pritchard show is like, you know, it was it was, you know, there was loads of depth to it at the start. And it's like there is, but he's also call, calling American soldiers inf- incels and, and infidels. And you, yeah. you know, you got Foley naming dead soldiers in you know that original that first segment that he's on and Raw. So it's it's absolutely still really tasteless, but you know the, mm. that is still true. There is like a bit of depth and a bit of empathy to it that absolutely you wouldn't expect from a WWE character. I, do you know what? When I, it's it's funny when you're saying that because I was thinking that they struggled to do this with Mustafa Ali now, and yeah. this is like 16 years later. Mm-hmm. This is still something that they actually struggled to do the whole time. And I completely agree. In those early promos, mm. you like there is the there is the the genesis of something that's there. I think the issue is is all like the storylines he's put into, like the promo battle with Foley, the fact that Foley's talking about the troops and you do it. It's like, well, you're making a very obvious connection there, aren't you? That was gross. And, that was more gross than is, anything he says. It's yeah. Foley. Like literally he says the names of soldiers who died at war to use them for a baby yeah. face promo against this pretend foreign heel. And it's very weird at the start of the promo because he starts bringing up about how he's an anti-war guy and they boo Foley because says he supported John Kerry in 2004 and not George Bush. It's just like very fucking odd. They're in Huntsville, Alabama. 
It's not to be surprised. Mm. I'd, yeah, the first ever TNA show, they had them in, in Alabama. That crowd reacts certain ways and they like certain things, things that perhaps we wouldn't go along with. But there you are. I think the other things as well is you're talking about the music that he's coming out to, which is meant to sound like that kind of morning prayer call and things like that. So you're giving him the trappings of this, mm. of like something that's a real kind of old stereotype. And it's the problem with wrestling is relying on stereotypes. And stereotypes, you know... They are a good thing in the sense that you easily understand some concepts very, very quickly. Like in a soap opera, if you're trying to get up to speed with the storyline, you use stereotypes in order to tell that story quite quickly to a large, wider audience. Here, on the other hand, though, if they're using stereotypes, like it, it's like whatever complexity Mark Capani can add to this character is going to be immediately done away by the presentation. Mm. And it's also the fact as well, he cuts these promos, and then as soon as Davari speaks Farsi, the noise picks up audibly about that point of like, that's the thing that gets the real kind of like horrible reaction for it. And it's, mm. and I think, yeah, that at that point you realize, Oh my God, you're, you're fighting a losing battle here, lads. Mm. Like you're just set up, you are being set up here. No matter whatever you add to this character, you're really going to struggle kind of project any sense of um, nuance to it as long as that fucking lunatic is in charge. And he might have been slightly less mentally ill in those days, but not by much. Mm. 